Oh yeah, welcome to episode 82 of Pyropod with your boys, King of the Goons, Mark. That's me. Your ween king, Owen. What's up, everyone? What's up, guys? How's things? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that's a, that voice took it out of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jesus. The Macho Man, I don't know how he did it. The Macho Man, Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. Oh. How you been, Mark? Good, good, good. How, how are you? I've been good, I've been good. Had a little holiday in the weekend, did you? <laughs> I did, I did. I went to Amsterdam, bro. You know yourself. Yeah, it was good fun. Four days. Four days in Amsterdam. Jeez, pints of Guinness are... F- or cans of Guinness are fucking shite. <laughs> ah, these are better than the pints in Amsterdam. I suppose they were. Oh, the point there. The last one I had, it was absolutely disgusting. Mm. It was disgraceful. Couldn't even finish it. Uh, it was all head. It was an absolute joke, you know? Uh, but their, their Heineken is lovely. It's very well, nice. Well, yeah, yeah. Mm. Like, and it's a higher percentage, isn't it? Yeah, it's like 5 or 6%. Mm. The Heineken is nice. Yeah, that's but just all we drink. But yeah. it's the same price as Dublin, so it's like... It's a bit annoying. They're also kind of quiet. Strange. But I've always found this, like I've been to Amsterdam twice, I find the nightlife very dull. Underwhelming. Very underwhelming. Very underwhelming, yeah. Yeah. There isn't much going on. (laughs) Yeah, by the time we got around to 3am, like every night, like like on the Thursday and the Sunday, it wasn't, we didn't even make it to 3am. We left at like 12 or like 1 or whatever. Mm. Because it was just, the place was just deserted. Yeah. There's no one around. The only thing that's happening is in like the red light district. It's like, yeah. But well, you know the way the red light district is like the Temple Bar, like it's where the all the actual bars are as well. Yeah, and it's also all tourists. Yeah, yeah, it's all tourists. But like at that stage, it's just people going into like the sex clubs and stuff. Yeah. But like even on the the uh, the weekend, like the Friday and Saturday, it's like kind of like the, the the crowd starts thinning very quickly. Mm. Everything just kind of dies down. And then even during the day, they're they're quite. It's it's, it's quite because like it has a reputation. It's like oh Amsterdam, you know. Yeah. Like the there's party a, city. There's a vibe in Amsterdam. Did you find? Have you been to Amsterdam before this? No, this is the first time ever. Did you like? Th- there's something. There's like a vibe through Amsterdam, and I don't know what it is, but it's not like, it isn't like a yeah, let's fucking party. It's like, this is a very strange city. <laughs> it is. There's something off. There's something kind of off. It's very well run in a kind of creepy way. Yeah, in a way, it's like, this doesn't mesh. Like, well, how r- well run the city is and, like, how, you know, the layout of it and stuff like that. It's like, this doesn't give way to the party central of Europe, which it just isn't. Berlin is, like... It actually isn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah Berlin yeah. is that. But, like, still, Amsterdam is still this, you know, this place that people go to smoke green, basically. Is that all that it is? Is that all that people do there? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> well, maybe it just, it just chills them out to the extent that they can't do yeah, other stuff. Yeah, people don't... People smoke green in the day and they just don't want to go out at they night. They just, yeah... It seems Maybe. to be like that, yeah. Um, but yeah, it is a strange kind of place. It was the, we stayed in this little village as well, like kind of out of Amsterdam. Yeah, you weren't even in the city. Yeah, yet. we're in like the scaries of Amsterdam, and uh, it was like the it was like the thing out of Hot Fuzz, you know, where yeah, everything's yeah, yeah. too perfect. It was kind of like they had this amazing cafe though, right right near us. It did this amazing toasty. Went there every morning. It was so good, but like everything was like. The food in, in Amsterdam is class. Yeah, we didn't really try much food, but um, yeah, I also don't like how the, the car, there's no like distinction between path and road, you know? Well, that's because the like psychological reason for that is because the cars have to slow down, like pedestrians can just walk. Yeah, I suppose. And that's, yeah. the, that's the whole layout of it is that, I saw the TikTok about this, I think I might also be on Twitter, um, the cars have to come up have to come up onto the walk space rather than we having to step down onto the driving space. 
Oh, okay, yeah. So like that's like the psychological reason behind it as well. Yeah. Whatever about the cars, man, it's the fucking bikes. bikes yeah, Jesus, stupid. man. They need to chill out with the bikes. Like there's they're like you know, there's so much waste going on really in that city. <laughs> like that like that city's not eco friendly at all. It mm. just has bikes. It looks like it is, but it's not. Mm. Yeah, there's so much shit going on. Maybe that's what the vibe in the, that I'm sensing is like just yeah. dirty air. Like they don't they don't recycle. They don't. They don't distinguish between any kind of plastics or anything. Everything goes in one bin. Just goes to a landfill, and they ship it off to fucking Africa or wherever. Yeah, wherever you know, it goes. Where they, wherever they can't see it. But then, they're like, oh, we have bikes. We're so eco friendly. Mm. You know, <laughs> you don't recycle. You don't even have green bins. It's like this. You're a complete fraud. A lot a of fraud green. A lot of green, but no green bins. A lot of green over there. Yeah, no, no green bins. Yeah, the cyclists are a nightmare. They need to fucking cop on. Yeah, no, that's I just found walk that far worse than the whatever about like the the fucking cars and like remembering that it's a look right instead of left yes is that the way it works here yeah yeah yeah. yeah. i hopped into the driver's seat by accident in the taxi <laughs> he's like oh you want to drive <laughs> and they, all the taxi guys laughed <laughs> it's like, i was like he's like yeah i fucking will <laughs> take off all right yeah it's like a van yeah <laughs> but um yeah strange strange place it is a strange thing. it was nice though it's good <clears throat> good weekend good fun very expensive yeah it is mad expensive so expensive, very yeah. expensive city yeah I mean, it's basically the same as Dublin because that's always what every time that I talk about like going away and stuff like that or like with anyone in general, it's like, and they're like, oh yeah, but the X place is, is expensive. Like, it's like, bro, you're living in Dublin. Like that's notoriously expensive. Yeah. That's, yeah. This is one of the most expensive cities in the world. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It definitely, especially like, as very, a tourist. Like definitely in Europe or one of the most expensive cities in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. As a tourist, <clears> especially. Yeah. Because you have to pay for like transport and stuff. But the, the weird thing over here. It's like a taxi from here to the airport, mm. um, or even like where I live to the airport. It's like 12, 14 euro ish. Yeah. It's not a lot, but a taxi from the same distance in Amsterdam, uh, even like our our little uh, B and Airbnb was like just kind of east of Schiphol, mm-hmm. about the same distance from where I live to the airport, uh, relatively enough. Mm-hmm. But uh, the same taxi cost uh, sixty five quid. But that wasn't just they're ripping us off the airport. Every taxi cost yeah. over 70 or 60, 70 quid, you know? It was insane. I don't understand That's why. Mental. Like, we did have to get, like, uh, we did have, like, five people. So it's kind of awkward. And so maybe we had vans and stuff. Yeah, and maybe it's more... I'm pretty sure they do charge more for going to the airport. Yeah, no, no. I but feel like that's a thing. We had to get an Uber every single day just to get into town. Like, mm. we didn't go oh, to the airport. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the, the buses were, like... The buses are kind of laid out weird where we would have to get, like... A bus and then a train. It would nearly cost. It cost pretty much the same as getting a taxi combined. And the train. Yeah, bus and then a train and all this. There's way too, way too much. Uh, there should just be. If this is the scaries of of the Netherlands or Amsterdam, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there should. We have, well, at least we have a bus that goes out to scaries. Do we? <clears throat> yeah. There's one. Is there a train or something? Yeah. They also get a train, I think, as well, don't they? Yeah. Is there a train scaries? I don't know. I don't know. Who cares? I've never. I don't think I've ever really been to scaries. No, really. Don't want to go. No. Why the <laughs> fuck would I go to scaries? <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> they actually have two windows. They have two windmills. They have two windmills and scary. Scaries. We had, we, had, we had a lovely wind, windmill beside the gaff. It, yeah, isn't it? Netherlands is like filled with windmills. Isn't yeah, it? That's, that's their thing, yeah. A, yeah, isn't it? Right. Thing is Jeez, well, windmills and Anne Frank and the Holocaust. And a flat, like very flat. Yeah, yeah like canals everywhere. Like, you know, because <clears throat> that's what everyone always says, like, oh, Amsterdam is so fucking flat. But then when you go to Amsterdam, it's like, no, yeah, like it really is. <laughs> yeah, there's no hills or anything. It's really weird. <laughs> you know, the biggest obstacle, like land obstacle, as far as you could see around our area, was this huge mound that they seemed to be just, there was like a construction site and there was never anyone in it. 
but it seemed like the entire point was just to build this big pile of dirt. Mm-hmm. It was the only thing you could see on like the horizon. Like mm. everything else was just like that's fucking flat. weird. It was just flat. Yeah. It was just like like small offices or cafes or like random things in the town. Mm. Everything else was just like it was just straight as far as you could see. Or the stadium, you could see the Ajax stadium, mm. but that was miles away, you know. Yeah, but you can still see it because it's just nothing in the way. There's nothing in the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like you can't see you can't see the Aviva from where I live. Oh yeah, yeah, no way. Yeah. Like yeah, and you can't see the Aviva from where you live. Uh-huh. There's no fucking chance. You can just about see Crow Park from my room, but that's because yeah. I'm on like the yeah the third or the second story, you know. Can I see Crow Park? If I walk up, yeah, if I walk from the storage road, I can probably see Crow Park. Yeah, if you looked out, like, mm, if you yeah. looked at the attic that way, probably, yeah. yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. That's what I did. <clears throat> yeah, I don't have the attic in the scaff, so yeah, you know. But yeah, that sounds that sounds very good, man. That sounds like a good it was weekend. Good fun. What did you get up to? Uh, what I got to do? I got to see Fizzy Orange on the weekend. Ooh, very good. They're playing in Grand Social. They're very good. Good local band, you know. Local enough. I think half of them are from Clintarf, but we'll claim them anyway. Ah, they're <laughs> local, yeah. Local lads. They're from Mount Temple, mostly. And I had school reach when we went to school. Yeah. I think it's equal. I think it's like two guys from Mount Temple, two guys from art school. And one of them went to Belvo. Ooh. Shame. Beef. <laughs> Beef. Yeah, they're class. Mm. They're busy boys, always playing. Yeah, they're hitting it, hitting it up. Hitting it big. In the G's Osh. Shout out to Fizzy Orange if any of you are listening. <laughs> yeah, have good. A listen, very good. But yeah, I watched a few movies on the weekend as well. Oh, really? I watched a few movies. I watched Saving Private Ryan. I've never seen this before. Saving Private Ryan. Um, Spielberg. I, I haven't seen either. Have you ever seen this film? It's definitely been on the background. <laughs> My dad has watched it, I'd say, a hundred times. That, I'm the same. I've never sat down never and watched s- it. Mm, yeah. But I've like. I've probably internalized it. a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and then watching, I was like, oh, I actually have seen a lot of this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, way more of this film. I didn't really know what the plot was. Well, I knew what the plot Go off and save, Saving Private Ryan. Saving I Private Ryan. But <laughs> yeah. all the set pieces and stuff like that, like the end battle and the iconic opening. I'd seen them like a million times. Mm. Um. But yeah, Spielberg, 1999, 98 film. I was I was in my mom's stomach when she goes to see this film. Oh, really? My mom went to go see this film when she was pregnant and then during the opening realized, well, this was a mistake. <laughs> Why? Because I was kicking like mad apparently. Oh, really? <laughs> during the opening, like the whole fucking... It's very loud. Yeah, extremely loud. Yeah. Like, you've seen the opening of this film, surely. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, like, yeah, it's pretty brutal. War, not good, you know? War is not good. War is not good. Um, I was trying to compare that opening to Dunkirk because like I think that's a nice comparison because like it's the landing in Normandy but then Dunkirk is them fleeing Dunkirk mm. Um, I honestly think that Saving Private Ryan's opening is way more effective than the war any of the war stuff in Dunkirk like the bombs and stuff like that it's way more visceral yeah, I don't know because I only saw Dunkirk in cinemas. Yeah, I've it was seen like, it. Yeah. It was very bassy and I was like, oh, this feels very very cool. Mm. You know, it feels like, feels like I'm there. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure uh, Saving Private Ryan is one of like, the most accurate, isn't it? It's fucking it's very... brutal, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that opening is like real, real scary. Uh-huh. Um, and you're like, how does anyone survive this? Like, how is that possible? <laughs> yeah, they just got gunned down straight away. Yeah, it's immediately like, doors opening and then that's just That's just demoralizing. Mm. It's like, what's the point? Yeah, because like there's so many people dying in front of them that like Tom Tom Hanks's character, I was gonna say Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks's character, Captain, what the fuck his name is, um, Captain he's, Tom, he's like jump over the over the sides, like we cannot go forwards. There's too many dead bodies in the way, and we're just gonna get hit with bullets. Jump over the side, 
of the boat and like let's get to shore that way and then when they get to shore you're just like how are you going to move forward from this like uh yeah but like you know it, it happened they did do it so they did manage in the end yeah but you're also like how did anyone do this uh, how did they like imagine being the guy in the front it's like oh yeah today we're going to be at the front of the um amphibious the attack on line. europe yeah the front line invasion into europe mainland europe with no defenses whatsoever all we have is air support and you're the first guy that's going to land on the beach. Yep. It's like, it's like, it's like so, you, so I'm just going to die. <laughs> and they're waiting with big machine guns. <laughs> yeah. So like, like you're it's basically, yeah, you're going to die in about 10 yeah. minutes. Like, fuck oh, that. Less. Yeah, yeah. You are, as soon as those doors open, you're gone. <laughs> but like, imagine getting the instructions. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're going to die in about 15 minutes. Yeah. It's like, I'll be like, see you, man. I will, I will chance my arm at deserting. <laughs> I will desert. I will go AWOL. <laughs> yeah, I will go AWOL, man. Fuck that. <laughs> you know what? I'm joining them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm defecting. Yeah, I'm up there with a wife like, please, <laughs> stop. But yeah, like that opening is iconic and like, it's every single like action sequence like that is like just brutal. Like there's a bit where there's a sniper in a tower and they shoot Vin Diesel and I was like, it's only after he died that I was like, Vin Diesel's in that. Yeah, Vin Diesel's in it. Because like, exactly, I had the same reaction because I was looking. I was like, "That's hardly Vin Diesel." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "But he looks like him, and he's talking like him." But there's no way Vin Diesel's in Saving Private Ryan. Surely, I would have heard of this before. Yeah, yeah. Loads of people are in it, aren't they? Mm, Fastbender, Hardy, are both in it as well. Fastbender's in it. Fastbender, yeah, and Tom Hardy. They're uh, bit parts. I'm pretty sure. Are they? Are they? Or maybe that's Band of Brothers. I might be thinking the wrong thing. That might be Band of Brothers. Because I kind of mixed them up, yeah. yeah. That might be Band of Brothers. But yeah, aren't loads of random people in this? Yeah, like, um, every character, like, with some of the mains, I was like, I've seen you in something before, and I've not. Loads of them, I was like, I know who you are, but I can't put my finger on who it is. Mm. <clears throat> Do you have the cast there, idea? Yeah, um, Michael Fassbender is not in Saving Private Ryan. Um, the sniper guy, he was in something, and I was like, I've seen you multiple times in many different things I have no idea what your name is Brian Cranston is that him I don't know but he's in it I don't know who the sniper guy is oh Brian Cranston isn't it yeah he's yeah. A, he's a general Giovanni Rabisi, the guy from um, uh, France oh yeah he's in it yeah yeah he's in it um, Nathan Fillion Barry Peppers who I'm talking about I've seen him and stuff but I don't know what he is what Ted he is. Danson Paul Giamatti yeah Paul Giamatti shows up Ted Danson that was the weird one because he's because I've only seen Ted Danson in The Good Place and mm. seen him like proper young like 20 years ago I was like Jesus Ted looking well bro <laughs> 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 yeah there's loads of people in it yeah Barry Pepper yeah yeah what's he in he's in loads of stuff he's always he's in like everything. Green Mile. I, yeah, that's maybe, what I saw. Maybe it's just the Green Mile is what I know. Him from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like looking at the rest of his films like, oh wait, maybe it is just the Green Mile. <laughs> uh, Titanic. I don't remember him in Titanic. He's obviously one like, did Spielberg? No, Spielberg didn't do the Green Mile, did he? Uh, no, he didn't. No, he no. didn't. No, no. Frank Daramont. Okay, anyway. Um, But yeah, like there's loads of people in the film. Um, And, you know, it's it is kind of like I would be a bit like, why the fuck would anyone give this five stars? <laughs> why? Because I'm like, it is really, really good. But I don't want to meet the person that says the Saving Private Ryan is their favorite film. Uh, it's a very basic film, isn't it? It's, it's like, so basic. Well, it'd be like saying, it's like every Spielberg film. It's like, oh, like Jaws is my favorite film. It's like, what? What? I understand that more than Saving Private Ryan. Because like... 
But like Daz, Daz would be like, yeah, it's a mad dad forever. film. Yeah, it's a big dad. I film. can see a dad saying, yeah, this is my favorite film. My dad would probably say that or something like that, some nah, kind of film like that. I think my dad would say Lord of the Rings. <laughs> mm. But yeah, let's say someone said like Schindler's List or like Jaws or uh, Close Encounters. Yeah, it's like Spielberg films. You know, they, they just, just are what they are. Yeah, they just don't. Yeah, I think there's like there's something I lack connection wise with Spielberg films. Mm. But I guess this is very good, very enjoyable film, or like very effective. I wouldn't say Saving Private Ryan is an enjoyable film, but like, you know, actually, I don't know. It doesn't really show the war that horrifically, especially after watching Come and See. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, how's it compared to Come and See? Oh, jeez, Come and See is so much better. Fucking hell. Yeah. Um, oh, what's like its approach to war? Relative to oh, Come and See. it's mad American. Yeah, like, well, like, it, like, like, how would that contrast? Like, the like Come and See is probably the definitive Russian take on World mm. War Two. Saving Private Ryan is like probably in and around the definitive American take. Yeah, it's How a, do they compare? Like, it's a, it's kind of, t- it's whole, it's got a weird kind of message because like half of it is like, leave no man left behind. Like the American government are like, ah, here, this woman, she has four sons, five sons, four or five sons in the war. Maybe it's three. And maybe it's, it's three or four. I'll say four. Um, she has uh, four sons who fight for the U.S. Army, and three of them after dying. We're going to be sending out the letters to her, telling her that her kid, that her three of her sons are dead. But one of them, he's somewhere. He's after landing. He's part of the invasion, and uh, he's a parachuter. Mm. I don't know they're paratrooper. You know, paratrooper, yeah. Paras. So he's after jumping out the wi- out of the plane. Like we have absolutely no idea where he is. He's somewhere in France. So like here, <laughs> Tom Hanks, get, get your boys. You're off to find this fella. He's somewhere out that way. Go find him. Um, and I was like, the U.S. military is because because they feel bad for the mother. Like yeah. we got to bring him home so that she has you know at least one son left. Is that the mission? Is that what saving Ryan, Private Ryan yeah, is? Yeah, that's what they have to do. I thought it was like an actual, like, oh, we need to extract this guy for some reason. No, no. The, and like, the whole thing is like, he's like, not an important soldier. He's like, just... The private, yeah. He's just a, he's just a dude. Yeah. yeah. And, uh... Yeah, that's... That would not happen. Yeah, There's that would no not happen. There's no circumstance where that would, ha- that would happen in any military. <laughs> it's like, he's a private, sure. He signed up for this. We don't know where he is. Uh, sorry for your loss. You know? He's probably dead. You know? Yeah. <laughs> sorry. And so, uh, so they go off, and then the whole, then it like changes towards the end, where it's like the message is, it's not even the message, because the message kind of is like, because they do save him, <laughs> they, they do get, get him, him back, but he's the only, he's the only person. They all die in the process of getting him back, and then it ends with Matt Damon as an old man does a little bait and switch because you think it's Tom Hanks at the start, but at the end it's like, whoa, actually no, the old guy at the start of the film is actually Matt Damon, and. uh He's like, uh, he's there crying at Tom Hanks' grave, and he's just like, "Was I a good? Was I a good man? Was th- like, did these people, did these men die for nothing?" Mm. And but like the whole, it's tinged, they- it's tinged with like, no, yeah, of course, of course, you're a good person. These men died to bring you back, and their sacrifice was worth it. Yeah. That's <clears throat> that's the kind of vibe that I get off the end of it. Well, I suppose that's nice. It's nice, but it's also like that's just a mad American military. Like, yeah. even if you die for like a completely worthless mission of just bringing <laughs> you some, just one random soldier back, a non-important soldier, yeah. it was worth it because he got him home. Yeah, so he like wiped out a platoon to save some random guy. Oh yeah, and like so, so many people died in the process of getting this wound do back. <laughs> like, yeah. let alone the people that they bump into, they end up fucking getting killed and stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel I feel pretty guilty as well. They also die in this big battle to like save this bridge because they die. 
they all die very honorably for the most part. Like Tom Hanks is there fucking shooting the shooting the tank with his pistol after getting shot. Mm. Like you know, he's keep he keeps fighting even on his last breaths, uh-huh. even when he has like nothing left. Yeah, he keeps yeah. fighting. Yeah, and it, compared to, compared to like coming to you, where it's just like brutal. Yeah, like the whole thing is fucked. The whole thing's like you're just fucked. There's no getting out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, that sounds does sound very very American. Yeah. But yeah, it, but like that's my thing with Spielberg films as well. You know, mm. it's like yeah, I kind of expected that. <laughs> it's too optimistic. It's not even optimistic. It's just too patriotic in a way. It's just like you know, the real Americans will. Mm. You know, yeah. I suppose it's but still it, like a it's still a good film. And like yeah, you know, it's. It's one of those movies where I watch it and I'm like, I feel no connection to this film whatsoever. However, I completely understand why it's like one of the best films, quote unquote, one of the best films of all time. Because like, it, there's nothing wrong there's, with it. There's <coughs> nothing majorly wrong with it other than it's, you know, weird messaging. But that weird messaging is weird to me with my political beliefs. <laughs> you yeah. know, I say uh, America fucking love it. <laughs> oh, it's weird to everyone except Americans, yeah. Because yeah. even like the Soviets, they called World War Two like the great or with the Russians in general, the Great Patriotic War. It's a mm. huge thing over there. But as you say, like, come and see, is like, this was... This was horrific. <laughs> this is absolutely horrifying. Don't do it again. Yeah, yeah. Where America's like, oh, we saved... It's, like, all about one guy, the individual. Whereas, like, come and see, seems to be just about random people yeah, in random, a random village. random schlub. Yeah, the random random guy. And uh, he gets fucked. And he gets absolutely fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, but it's also I was only when you were saying that I was like, when's the last time that I've seen a film that had like a vaguely pro war message that wasn't like a superhero film? Pro war message. Like a war film. Yeah. Like a pro war war film. Like a jingoistic war film, like American Sniper or something like that. Yeah, I'd say Mar- American Sniper might be the last time I've seen one that was yeah. like I remember I saw Battleship. Ever see that? That do you know that's one of the biggest flops of all time? Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. saw it in cinemas. I've never seen it. <laughs> I was um, one of the people that contributed to that little, that terrible number that yeah. it made. <laughs> it was a terrible, terrible film. It had Rihanna and Liam Neeson in it. Yeah, and uh, it was pretty pro-war, but it was it was one of those films that was like almost entirely sponsored by the U.S. military. Like they paid. Yeah, it's a sci-fi film, isn't it? Yeah, Aliens, yeah. Aliens Land, and then uh, there's like a strategic battle. It's like it's based off the board game. Yeah, and uh, it was a co-production between. Uh, the U.S. State Department and Hasbro. So, uh, hey, so it's a video game adaptation, is it? It's a board game adaptation. Oh yeah, board game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. board game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a terrible idea. There's not even any aliens in Battleship the board game. Yeah. What a terrible, terrible idea. It was always. It was never gonna work. I'm pr- I think Michael Bay. Michael Bay did it. I think he. Yeah. But he. W- he produced it or something. Yeah. I suppose. Um, it has that Michael Bay stink to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or they even looks like the tinge. Everyone looks really dirty and greasy. Mm. You know? I have a feeling it's Michael Bay. But yeah, I feel like that was pretty pro-war. Like, as in like advocating for war. Yeah. And like, oh, the military really good. <laughs> Let's give them more money. Yeah, <laughs> give them everything. <laughs> take, my, take my money. Take my life. <laughs> take my child. <laughs> I'm signing up. <laughs> we'll do it for free education or college, whatever the fuck they get. If they get, yeah, if they did that. Yeah, Jesus, know. yeah. Oh, they, sign me up sign me up <laughs> yeah if they gave a free gaff out with every uh, if they, like enlisting in the Irish army imagine if they would have mass yeah. enlist, like oh, yeah. forget about conscription you'd have mass people mass enlisting people would be signing up around the block it'd be great the economy would be booming <laughs> absolutely yeah do you watch anything yeah I watched I had a look at this film called I Drink Your Blood I'm amazed I was expecting you to have absolutely nothing on the docket because you were away <laughs> oh no no I had a good look at a few films good on you um, I, I had a look at I Drink Your Blood it's a 1971 horror film it's a 
Not really very well known. It's Is kinda, it a vampire film? Uh, no, not what? really. It's no. actually it's actually based on a true story, you know? One of those things. Um, it's based on the story of uh, which the director read in uh, like a random cutout of a, a random newspaper about this village in like the mountains of Iran where these rabid wolves broke into a schoolhouse and killed everyone or infected or killed everyone inside with rabies. Mm. Um, so it was like, I think it was like 15 children and like two teachers. Um, it's a true story, That's apparently. And they all got rabies. And obviously with rabies, you die. You die pretty quickly because you have hydrophobia and all that stuff. Mm. Like it's one of the scariest diseases you can get. Thankfully, they have a vaccine now. But, but if What you, exactly is hydrophobia? Oh, it's where you're afraid of water. You like apparently you're really having a complete aversion to water. You also struggle, struggle, uh, you have problems swallowing, and you start foaming at the mouth, which is the main thing that people associate with rabies. So you go, you basically you go rabid in a literal sense, become an animal. How long do wolves and so, do we we get hydrophobia? Yeah, we do. What as well, happens yeah. to like animals though? Because they seem to be kicking around for ages when they got rab- rabies. I think they have hydrophobia as well. Mad. It's just like because it doesn't take very long, like. I think even a rabbit dog wouldn't survive very long, but it it would it would spend its entire remaining time going around like biting cunts mm. and stuff like that. Mm. Just wants to you know attack people. Um, I'm not entirely sure how it works, but it sounds like a really scary disease. Yeah, sounds like something I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to get rabies uh, if I can avoid that. But this guy made a film about it, and because uh, he he was like, uh, no one's ever made a film about like people have made films about zombies, vampires, all those things. But no one's ever made a a, a film about a, a, an epidemic. Ah, uh, the epidemic horror film. It's an film. epidemic, yeah. Um, an epidemic. It's like a very small epidemic, enclosed in like this kind of ghost town area. Uh, it's like uh, this hippie cult arrives in this very sparsely populated town, which has been kind of de uh, industrialized. Well, mm. but it, was, it wasn't really an industry town. People just left. People yeah. fucked off, and there's loads of empty spaces. So this uh, hippie cult show up. And the hippie cult is modeled after Charles Manson's cult, like the Manson family. When's this film from? 71. Ah, so this right. is, uh, these are all fresh wounds, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so rabies was still like, they don't have a vaccine. If you get r- bitten by a rabid dog, it's over. Yeah, you're fucked. And uh, Charles Manson has just been locked up for killing loads of people. Uh, so these were all very fresh in the mind. So that's where all the good horror comes from, you know, things that people can relate to at mm-hmm. the very moment. And this film draws on those two things. And uh, the hippie cult, they, they, they arrive into town and... Uh, uh, they're doing loads of LSD and they pick all these random gaffes and uh, they have this charismatic leaders modeled after Manson. Um, and one of the families in the town, and they're like, their life is disrupted by the hippie cult. They don't, don't like them. You know, the dirty stinking hippies is the 70s. It's like, mm. you know, you've had your get time, out get out of here, you know. Kind of Texas Chainsaw yeah. kind of vibes. But in this one, the kids are actually the villains. And um, the granddad of the family uh, goes over complaining to the cult at one point. Uh, which is a bad idea and uh, they, they spike him with LSD and he gets all fucked up and he wanders back to the farmhouse and uh, the family are like oh, granddad got spiked with LSD and he's oh, all shit. and they refer to it as L they call it L for some reason they're like it makes you crazy you know it's kind of a is this a mad conservative film oh yeah 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 <laughs> it's, it's kind of, well like I wouldn't say that because the, the way it's like it's a horror film mm. and it's mad like there's loads loads of sex and stuff in it so it's not a conservative film, but has like conservative kind of. It's like hard, it's like yeah. Halloween. It's like there's like an underbelly there, or the base, yeah, kind of ideological the base <laughs> is that the hippies are the bad guys yeah. and LSD is making crazy, like all these things. Um, but yeah, um, they refer to it as L, 
and it makes grandpa crazy. <clears throat> and the grand kid, this little kid, Billy is his name. Uh, it's not actually his name, but I can't remember his name. Uh, he's really mad about this. As we decides to uh, hatch a revenge plot, because he was out earlier that day and he shot a rabid wolf, a rabid dog, mm. um, and he decides to cut up the dog and feed the hippie cult with uh, its remains or whatever. And so the kid actually carries out the crime and the, the, the entire cult go rabid. And so they're running around the gaff and they slowly descend into the, uh, you know, the stereotypical foaming at the mouth uh cannibalistic maniacs this kid just murdered a bunch of people yeah 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 I, it took me a while to cop on that he did it as well i was like how did that happen actually <laughs> but he w- we went over mince pies basically he's like oh here you go because the hippies have no other this way kid's to eat fucking evil yeah 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 um and they go mental and obviously they start killing everybody um and that's the whole that's basically the entire film mm. and it's like a kind of a chase sequence and um everyone ends up with these crazy kind of deaths there's a lot of a lot of blood and gore it's very very gory film is it but like not in like a disturbing way it's like a like a 70s like neon yeah. it's kind of like dario argento like neon red blood yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. way you know uh, there's limbs flying off and heads getting cut off there's machetes machete machete wielding maniacs and all um this sounds like a better the hills of eyes yeah 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 i actually would say it's like like it isn't as um atmospheric i wouldn't say mm. like there's not really it it is quite low budget like it suffers a bit because of that yeah but it is um it's a good concept yeah and it does, sounds like a decent it film. does generate all that um the kind of the horror as well um in a silly way in a silly kind of um i don't know what the term is slightly cheesy grindhouse oh yeah yeah grindhouse kind of stuff yeah yeah a lot of cheese silly amount of cheese and obviously the cops show up at the end of the day. That uh, ties into the whole concert. Obviously. The state arrives yeah. and, and cleans up. The cops just show up and just shoot everybody. Yeah, as and they should. <laughs> <laughs> but then the, they shoot everyone. They're like, and uh, Billy goes up and he's like, oh, I committed an awful crime today. And uh, he's about to like confess. And the cops are like, oh, what did you break a window? And they laugh and like walk away. And then they get in their car and just drive off. Just leave them there. They go, yeah. Yeah, they just leave. And all the dead bodies. <laughs> they just like shot like 20 people. And like this kid, so we, we don't, they didn't even think that anything was wrong. They were just pulling up. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so ridiculous how how it ends. Yeah, um, and then it has like a little cool cliffhanger as well at the end, where it's like that kind of seventies thing. It's like, oh, the it's all like returning. It's all yeah, yeah, it's all returning to normal, or is it? Yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah. It's good. It was it was just a stupid little film that I decided to watch. Sounds good though. It sounds like a fun stupid little film. It was. A f- I actually think you you probably enjoy you know all those yeah. kinds of kinds of yokes. Yeah, cool seventies horror. 70s silly horror, 70s horror. Silly 70s horror. You know? 70, silly 70s horror. That's hard to say three times fast. Yeah. <laughs> silly 70s Manson rabies horror. It's like, it, it pitches itself. It does. It makes know? sense. Remake this film, please. Oh, yeah. Remake this. Yeah, like a pandemic. I wonder, are we going to get pan- like pandemic horror films? How would you do that? Like just a film about like a disease going rabid. <laughs> I had World War Z. Suppose we did. Mm, we had and Contagion. F- Contag- did you ever watch Contagion? Yeah, I remember watching Contagion back when it came out. Mm. I was like, this is such a boring film. <laughs> <laughs> but little did I know, yeah. I would be in the film in 10 years' time. I've heard that before. I've heard it's a mad boring film. But yeah. now, if you watch it now, it gets recontextualized. Yeah, I think I saw it in cinemas as well. I just wasn't the right age probably sure to watch Matt it. Damon's in that film. He is, yeah. yeah I yeah. think Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Loads of people are in it. Yeah, loads of weird cast, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, 
Yeah, 70s horror. Fucking tell you. I'm watching, I'm like nearing the end of Friday the 13th franchise. Oh, right, yeah. I'm on number eight. Eight or nine. I'm uh-huh. on eight. What's eight? Jason takes Manhattan. He takes Manhattan? Yeah. He, he floats in. It. He just takes it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Muppets take Manhattan. Oh, is it? Yeah, but it's Jason. <laughs> I don't know which came first. I think Mo- I actually think that Muppets Take Manhattan came out first. That's just coming off the top of my head. I could be wrong there. Is it any good? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but no. It's like bad good. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, one to three are boring slashers. Like, I can't remember anything different about the three of those films. Four is fun. Five is dog shit which one's five uh jason lives or something it's the one where jason it's not even jason it's called, oh, it's it's, no it's it. called the new beginning or something and it has a just a, a random medic be the actual killer jason isn't actually the killer in that one either and then six which is jason lives is fucking great it's mm. so good it starts off with a jason bond opening like jason walks like in a little eye and then he tr- he slashes down and goes. Oh, okay. yeah, it's mad cheesy. Really leaning into it. Really yeah. leaning into it. Uh-huh. It's a great time. That's a very good film. Seven. There's telekinesis in it. Thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then but he uh, has telekinesis. No, no. Someone else has telekinesis. Oh, okay. The final yeah. girl has telekinesis. All right. And fights Jason with her telekinesis. Ah, oh, here. Yeah. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. It's like late Halloween franchise <laughs> vibes. It's well, like, this person just has. Telekinesis yeah, for some so, reason. Uh, uh, the best thing is, it's ha- this is that that is halfway through the Friday Thirteenth franchise. Halfway, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then we got Jason takes Manhattan, which is he gets on a boat, he kills a bunch of people, and then he gets onto another boat, a bigger boat, he kills a bunch of people, and he ends up in New York and he oh, just kills a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw that one. That's yeah. the, it has the boat and all. Yeah, They're yeah. On yeah. the boat for a while. Yeah. They're on the boat for ages. Like, how is Jason like going on an absolute massacre? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the film starts right. That film starts. These two, two characters speaking together, and one of them goes, oh, "I'm a bit nervous because of all the murders that took place at Crystal Lake," and then the other character goes, "What murders?" It's like <laughs> yeah. there have been yeah. five massacres <laughs> at this fucking pl- at this what place. What murders? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Only one of these films has previously have taken place outside of Crist- uh, Crystal Camp Crystal Camp Crystal Lake or whatever. Yeah, Lake that's, Crystal. Like, that's like the um, Lake Crystal. It's like in Halloween, the one with uh, Paul Rudd, where the family aren't aware of what happened yeah, it's in the like, house. How do you not know what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you're related to the guy that yeah. did this. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, well, I'm pretty sure they're all f- they're all from like a local enough school. <laughs> it's just like, how do you not know about the murders of people that happened? You are while you were alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez, it's bad. Yeah. yeah. So like, there's parts of that that's like some of the worst fucking characters in in any film, but like Jason is just. American people but we're not really getting you don't actually see that many kills every time he goes to kill someone and it's quite fucking annoying every time he goes to kill someone it like flips to their perspective mm. so like he like picks up he goes to kill someone with a guitar and then he then it cuts and he swings and then just cuts to black so you don't actually see there's like fuck all gore in this film. Oh, like, really? That's like the one thing this this franchise is going for it. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the point? Yeah, that's what people watch it. Like the kills are not good. At least the kills could be good if they saw if they fucking showed it. anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So thumbs down in that regard. This is a bit dort. And then the next one, Jason goes to hell. 
This also sounds shit. Oh, it sounds real bad. <laughs> and then Jason X, where he goes to space. Yeah. Which yeah. I can't wait to watch that film. That does sound like uh, a rip-roaring good fun. Mm. Yeah. It's, well, it's good because after the the slog, which is the first three films, it's fun. You get a little treat. <laughs> yeah. It's weird how the franchise got good halfway through and then <laughs> it's like steeping back down. <laughs> but down in a way that's very different to the original three. Yeah, yeah. Bad for different reasons. Ah, uh, God bless them. Tell you what's bad for a different reason. Ha. The Dark Knight Rises. Blasphemy. Rewatched this film on the weekend. First time I've seen this film's ten years old. This film came out twenty twelve. I saw this film in cinemas. Same. Hadn't seen it since. Rewatched it on the weekend. You've never seen it since. I hadn't watched it once. I hadn't seen a single what? clip of this film in ten years. What? Yeah. How? Just didn't see it. You just never saw it. It was always on TV. I just never watched it. <laughs> oh, I've seen this loads of times. Um, and then, you know, finishing off the Batman binge entirely. Yeah. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I didn't realize actually. Yeah, yeah. I've now, I watched all the Batman films <laughs> like the past two months. Um, God, this film is a fucking mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, what the fuck? I was like, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good film. Like, it is like a good film, like technically well made. The plot is a fucking disgrace, man. Uh, the plot is all over the shop. It's very sloppy, very, very sloppy. I will de- always defend this film um, for mainly emotional reasons <laughs> and pure- and because it's, it's of its lineage, you know? Because mm. I always see it as like a pack, you know? It's like a three-pack. It's a trilogy. Yeah. It is just the end. It's just a capstone on the trilogy. But yeah, it's an a- as, as a standalone film, it's an absolute mess. It's, an, it's a mess to like a, like a comedic degree. Like the opening scene is one of the worst scenes in any professional production I've ever seen. Like, it's so bad. It's so I have no idea what's going on in the opening scene. It's so badly acted. It's so badly written. It's, uh... The set piece is very cool. Uh, the whole point is... Yeah, that's the thing. A yeah. lot of this film is that, like, the set piece is really cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. They put... They do... Like, the action sequences are very, very cool. Yeah, that's one thing that improved with each film, because that was one complaint I had about Batman Begins that I forgot to talk about. I think the action in Batman Begins... Is Shit. for the most part bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like there's a fight scene between Liam Neeson, who like we can now compare it to Bane because like they're basically tied together. <laughs> um, Rasul is a terrible villain though. Awful. He, he was a yeah, shit villain. Shit villain, but like bad action scene. Like you can't see what the fuck is happening. Mm. Action scene in this film and Dark Knight, unreal. Very, very good. good. Yeah. But yeah, the opening scene is just they've. It's a decoy. Bane is uh, intended to be captured. He's already, he's one step ahead of Joker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does at the start of the <laughs> He's like, I'll get this over with now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's kidnapping Dr. Pavel, who is with uh, uh, Aiden Gillen's character, CIA. Yeah. And uh, they're on the plane. And he's he's uh, basically just, there's no reason why he needed to do that, but he decided to do it in midair, yes. I suppose. And so uh, when he does like the blood transfusion as well, I never got that until like my third or fourth watch. That's because he's he's leaving, he's transfusing Dr. Pavel's blood into one of his own minions and leaving that minion on the plane. So when the body is found, they will identify it as Dr. Pavel. Yeah. Hopefully they don't look at his teeth or anything oh, else. Oh, that's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. So then he yeah, takes Pavel with else, it. Nothing else. Just, they not just, fingerprints, not nothing, just, just blo- the blood. Just blood from his arm, mm. specifically. And the other place as well. They'll be like, this guy is not Dr. Pavel. But... um. And then he kidnaps Dr. Pavel and everyone thinks he's dead. Man, you're after, like, the fact that you said that he didn't need to do this thing in air, I was like, yeah, because he, he, <laughs> yeah. he, was, he was captured by people that handed him over with Dr. Pavel. Like, Dr. Pavel came over. Was it just to make them think that Dr. Pavel was dead? 
Because um, he gets... Because Bane walks onto the, sh- onto the plane uh-huh. after someone hands over Dr. Pavel and is like, here's three of the men that also... That were part of Bane's group. They obviously know that Bane is one of them. Yeah, they're ba- they're also Bane's minions. But why is he doing that? He already has Doctor Pavel. I've actually, I've absolutely no idea. To be honest, I think it's just for um to get the get them off his back, you know, because if he stages the plane crash, then they'll assume that Doctor Pavel is dead, and that there's no need to go after Bane again necessarily because they're but not even, sure what his plan is at this stage but even he's like oh yeah they're expecting a body in the crash it's like how do you explain that like the wings were, took our <laughs> flight like, the like, wings came a off a kilometer yeah. behind where the <laughs> fucking half of the plane lands yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah the fucking uh, aircraft investigation episode would be like this makes absolutely no <laughs> sense <laughs> mysterious plane crashes never explained yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Dr. Pavel was in the wreckage, but it was a completely different guy. Yeah, he looks completely different. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so convoluted. And it's so... Yeah, it's very convoluted, but it's also so badly acted. And none of it makes any... Like, it's, Bane's voice is a fucking problem. Bane's <laughs> voice is way, way too loud. It's way too high in the mix. Like, Aiden Gillen's talking, and he's shouting, because um, it's like, they're in an airplane. They're in an airplane, and, with they, the, and, the, and the door is open. They've opened the door. <laughs> he also shoots out the... Uh, the door when he's trying to threaten the the, the mm. person which doesn't make any sense uh, and he's shouting and because the door is open and they can't hear each other and then uh bane just come in, comes in and he's just he's just talking like this but he's way louder yeah, than everyone like, else because he doesn't why would a man shoot a man before he's with the plane <laughs> yes, yeah says. yeah that's exactly it yeah. but it's like how can you hear him <laughs> how can he's you hear him talking this? in a normal voice he must have some kind of uh projector in his yeah, little the box mask the mask as he projects yeah. <laughs> Why does he wear the mask? <laughs> it's to project my voice. <laughs> You're halfway across the room, and I'm burning tough. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if the mics is even going to pick that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, they should not. They should have left the original audio. I know people complained about that, but fuck them. I don't care. Yeah, should, fuck you. Fuck, them. fuck test audiences. Don't yeah, believe them. They're idiots. They're all. They get the dumbest people in the world to watch these films, and they're like, oh yeah. Yeah, we'll take on board everything they've said and just completely massacre this film, you know. Why not just give them subtitles? <laughs> yeah, well, keep every, the, no, every film like, should keep, have subtitles. Keep the normal voice. Just give the, just give Bane subtitles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, fuck the people can't hear it. Just like, just leave it. They get the gist. That scene doesn't make any sense anyway. I don't think anyone <laughs> in the world got that scene. What at, was the point of the scene? I don't think anyone in the world got that at first watch. No. You know? So it doesn't matter if you could hear what he was saying no, or no, not. Second watch. Like, literally... After that scene ended, my mom turned to me and was like, what happened in that scene? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, I didn't get it till like three or four times after watching it. It's no like Inception, one... man. you got to watch it three times to understand what's yeah. happening. Yeah, well, compared that to Inception, it's like such a well-put-together film. This this thing is all over the shop. But I would still defend it. I would still defend yeah, it. Yeah, every, but like everything is so convoluted. Every ex- explanation to what is going on is like, what is going like I just can't follow this film. <laughs> yeah. And it's too there's too much in this film. There's way too much. Like why is Catwoman in this film? Uh cuz she's hot, man. Also, why does she sit on the bike like that? She's sticking her ass up. Yeah, uh, you know. It's very uh it's like, sexist. It's like, damn, I don't he's packing, didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like she's... And you see Batman going by, I'm like, "Damn, Christian Bale is Hacking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he used to sit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get rid of the cape, bro. Yeah, bro. Forget about the, that. Get rid Show of the those cape. off. Get rid of the cape. Show the cake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, Catwoman has no need. 
no, to need. be in this film. She is good though as well. That's what I'm like more like that's the annoying part about it. She's all right. I just think Anne Hathaway is a pretty decent, uh, pretty decent cat woman compared to a lot of those for that characters. First scene especially. For a lot of, uh, compared to like something like Harvey Dent, which is probably like a, a like a analogous kind of like role. I thought you were saying a Nazi. <laughs> a Nazi. Well, he basically was a Nazi. He's fascist, <laughs> but um, which is like a similar role in the the Dark Knight. Yeah, she was definitely better than him. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, she's all right. But like, yeah, just just cut her out. It's Forget more so the the f- like the first scene where like. Where she's going around as like a like a caterer, what the fuck her word is? A, a maid, maid, a maid basically. She's in that little outfit, and um, she rocks upstairs, and then Christian Bale's like, "Oh, you took my you took my necklace, basically." And then when she instantly changes into like, "Damn, like you caught me," yeah. but she's being like kind of like flirty. He's like, "I'm in control of the situation still." Um, I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, that's Catwoman. That's Catwoman. That, that that was a nice little switch." Anne Hathaway, mm. Anne Hathaway, good actor. Um, but yeah. Bane as a whole is also is also wasted because it turns out the League of Shadows is back. It's like you already mm. had you had Catwoman and you had Bane, and that was already somehow too much for this film. You don't need to add it into something else. Yeah, <laughs> no, I just hate Talia. She's the shit. Talia and Ra's al Ghul, the worst things. Ra's al Ghul was a Dark shit villain. They should have known that. Like Ra's, you have Ra's al Ghul, and then you have the Joker, which is the best yeah. comic book villain of all time. Like Nolan himself, like he would have been fucking you know, wanking off to, like, all his fucking Oscars and stuff after 2008. Yeah. He, he would have known. Everyone liked the Joker. No one liked fucking Liam Neeson and the, the League of Shadows. Don't go back to yeah. that. Don't go back to that storyline. Maybe to tie it in, like, Bane is already a part of the League of Shadows. That's established straight away. That's perfectly fine. Bane is a good villain. He's done mm-hmm. very, very well in the film. Like, he's really menacing. And yeah. Tom Hardy does a great job somehow. Um, Just without the voice... <laughs> Oh, the voice! I like the voice. You like the voice. I love the voice. Are you kidding me? No, well, no, no. I don't, I don't like how it's mixed. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, mixing. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. But I like it. I'll, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. the way that it's mixed. How yeah. did he come up with that? No idea. Because I'm looking at this like, geez, Tom Hardy's fucking jacked as well. He is. Yeah. Tom Hardy's a big fucking. Well, can be a big dude. Yeah, but how um, tall is Tom Hardy? Actually? He's quite small. Yeah, I was gonna say that. He was on the stage for most of the film. Christian Bale is also very small. Or not, yeah, Christian Bale is also pretty short. He's a lot taller than uh, Tom Hardy. Christian Bale. Alright, let's find this right now. Height. Christian Bale is I hate Oh yeah, he is taller than than Tom Hardy. Jeez, whatever way they did it, Tom Hardy looks like two yeah. foot bigger than he him. He looks like six six, yeah. But yeah, he, yeah, Bane's great, Bane is great. But then the whole Talia thing. Even Talia before it's revealed who exactly she is mm. is uh I'm like she's so fucking annoying. I also don't like don't like that actress. I find her really annoying. I don't. Li- uh, I don't like her in anything. Antoinette, whatever. Fuck Marion Cotillard. Cotillard, yes. yeah. Antoinette. <laughs> yeah, but like, just, just pick the one French woman name that I knew. <laughs> yeah, but like, she, even um, another thing about bad acting: the end of the film because she, like she's an Oscar-winning actress. She's an amazing actress. That scene where she's dying. Every, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Every person in that scene has an Oscar. Yeah, and that's one of the worst. That's like comparable to the opening scene in terms of like, it is so badly acted. It's so badly like. Like how is she dying? It's not even established. She's just lying in the in the cab, and she's like, she just goes limp. She looks like she's been shot, but it's like you just had a car- like you had a yeah. bad you had a bad car crash. Yeah, but like yeah. you fell kind of in a way- huge armored truck. You don't look injured at all. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't look injured at all, and she's like, I am dying, and she just falls limp. Yeah. Or whatever she says, and she just falls limp, and it's the mo- it's the worst acting I've ever seen. Yeah, it's, it's bad. so bad. It's real bad. It's so bad. She's a terrible character. She's a terrible character. League of Shadows, don't bring that shit back into this one. No way. A problem no way. I had with 
Killian Murphy and Scar and Scarecrow was that League Shadows just overtook that. I was like, ah, but Killian Murphy, Scarecrow, like I wanted that more. And then this one, same thing again. League of Shadows comes in and is like, you liked Bane? <laughs> well, we're here to ruin him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like, it, and then w- also, it would be perfectly fine if he was just a merc. Yeah, you know? if he was just a merc, just have him. Like, I don't know why they had it as like... They could have just not had the kid Rose from the hole. They could have just had... Yeah, Bane was this fucking jack dude yeah. who was mental. And he just climbed up that thing. No bother. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been what it was. Yeah. Like, there's no need for a twist. No one... No one was expecting a twist. That doesn't mean you need a twist. That means because like people were people wanted what they were expecting in that because there's, there's no need to have a switcheroo there. You know, mm-hmm. like Bane's mental cunt. He's mysterious. No one knows where he came from, uh, where he came from. Yeah, uh, but there's like just enough to understand how he is, how he is. Exactly. Yeah, Bruce is down there in the prison, and it's like you still you're not sure what exactly is going on, where he is, but you just know it's fucked, and all the people around here are fucked, and they're all afraid of Bane because Bane is like this mysterious character mm-hmm. who climbed he's like a, apparently climbed the wall you know he's like like Bane could be comparable to the judge character in Blood Meridian yeah exactly yeah 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 very very mysterious and even you could even leave the League of Shadows thing in you just tally herself is the, is the problem League of Shadows yeah. is fine you know Bane was that line's like I am the League of Shadows yeah. you know? like that whole scene where he's like uh, yeah, fighting like, I t- I, I've taken this on yeah he is the League of Shadows it's not it doesn't matter Razo Ghul is gone but that scene in the sewer that is an amazing, amazing sequence, oh, which they completely yeah. ball, you know? Yeah. Because it's just, it's set up perfectly. Cat, like, that whole lead up as well, where Catwoman's leading him through the sewers, and they have, like, the uh, the fight sequence where it's lit up by the, the bullets, mm-hmm. which they reproduced yeah. in, in the Batman. It's very, it's very real good. good. And then they get into the sewers, and then you have a twist where Catwoman has betrayed Batman. Yeah. Very, very good. And then you have the, like, the ultimate fight scene between uh, Batman and Bane, where Bane breaks his back, mm-hmm. rips off his cape, breaks his mask. Like, that's... That's, that's great. That's incredible stuff. But then it just, they rip it all out. They yeah. rip it all out. You're like, leave the twists. It's perfect as it is. Even, it's perfect as it is. Even just, just as we're talking about, it was like, yeah, Bane was the League of Shadows. That, like, completely defeats the point of Liam Neeson and, like, Razal goes how things like, you need to be more than a man. You need to be a message. Or you need to be a symbol. So you need to be a symbol and a symbol can live on. And, like, that's the whole thing. Like, Bane can just like become the League of Shadows but in this it's actually like Nana his daughter took her rightful throne as the head yeah. of the League of Shadows and it's like so the League of Shadows aren't the symbol they're not what Ra's al Ghul described and it's taught Batman to be they're just a gang yeah um, it's a bit shit that shit <laughs> yeah. that like completely defeats the purpose of like that whole teach- oh yeah just I honestly think if you remove Talia at this film uh, pretty much all the mis- all the problems with the film come out. Well, except get removed. It has some of the worst politics in any superhero film. Well, that's sort of the Dark Knight, but that's an amazing but film. But this is way worse. This thing doubles down on it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But this is yeah. Oh, the politics are terrible, but it's it's the same politics as it's had through the entire thing. Like Bruce Wayne is a fascist. Mm-hmm. You know? He's a, he's a right wing, far yeah. right billionaire. We have to accept that. You're still rooting for him because he's like this guy's a fucking badass I Batman. I, you know? I just I feel like this one is the worst for it because like. The Occupy stuff, the yeah. Occupy Wall Street stuff, the whole Bane's like message of like taking the taking it back for the people, all this all this uh, this corruption, the rich they've done nothing for us. His whole his army was formed from like orphans who couldn't get a job in Gotham, and there is absolutely no support system, so they had to go down into the sewers. That is who has made. That's the army that like takes over Gotham. 
and the entire like immediately Jim Gordon's like well we're gonna have to get an army of cops to beat the shit out of these people that is and, like, the stupidest thing there's another extremely stupid plot point in the film it's like let's send let's send out all the cops all the we cops. have into the sewers all the cops. into the sewers where, which they control yeah and uh, nothing can go wrong here yeah they don't have guns either it's like just send them down see yeah. what happens like and even at the end of the film like the whole the Harvey Dent act that whole thing of like they just imprisoned loads of people like mass in, uh, incarceration incarceration yeah. that is barely critiqued that whole idea the problem that people have with that like that act is that Gordon and Batman lied about the truth of who Harvey Dent is. Not the the mass incarceration. Oh, yeah. That's all fine. But it's the fact that it's based off a lie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, there's an implied critique, but, like, there's also, like... It it does not go into it. Yeah, it's just implied. But it's it's also... There's implied critique of Batman himself, or Bruce Wayne for not investing. And the critique itself of, like, you know, Bane does have a point, and the film doesn't shy away from that. It's like, there's a reason he's able to, to gain power. And, uh... You know, the, even the assault on Wall Street, like, no one... There's not, it's not a, a terribly villainous scene. Like, he is... You do kind of root for him, because, like, mm-hmm. all these horrible bankers and stuff are like, oh, well, what is this guy shaking up yeah. shaking up things in the on the on the stock exchange? But, yeah, like, the end of the film just kind of solidifies that, like, uh, the point isn't that we need to change things in Gotham to the extent that uh, a Bane can't rise again, but that things just need to go back to the way they, they were. were. The wor- way were was... Batman just needs to kind of stand above everything and uh, pull the strings mm-hmm. so that the things don't go too wrong, you know? Yeah. Put everyone back in power as, as they were. Keep things nice and orderly, you know? Kill a few corrupt people. But, um, yeah, there's no kind of uh, general critique. Yeah, the, yeah. Pol- the politics is like absolutely sh- far right. You know? Like, watching it is like, this is actually shocking. Like, <laughs> yeah. But you have like to the appreciate The politics is so that. fucking bad. You have to still appreciate it, you know? Man, I, get it. I genuinely think that this is... For me, Batman, this is the third worst Batman film. The third worst? Yeah, the third worst. Like, like what's below it? Batman, Batman Forever. And Bat- Batman and Robin and Batman Forever being mm. the worst two. Yeah, I have to disagree. I have to disagree. I'd say, I'd say this is the third. Uh, no way. If you say the third best, man, I'm going to come across <laughs> at you so fast. Um, <laughs> it is out of the third of the four best. What the I'm, fuck? I'm is just this? I'm laying my cards on the table. It's the third of the fourth best Batman film. It's that better. Is... Than, it's better than uh, Tim Burton's Batman. Better than any of those old ones. Why? It just is. <laughs> <laughs> it's better actually. We have spent like twenty minutes critiquing this film heavily yeah. and saying not many positive things. And like, yeah, it's the third best Batman film. <laughs> it is. Well, to be fair, those films aren't very good to begin with. Uh I think Batman, the original Batman, is better than this. Uh, I, I could see how you'd say that but I also completely disagree <laughs> <laughs> I just don't I don't like that film at all that's funny I just don't like it but Batman or Dark Knight Rises it's like pile of shit it's a complete car crash of a film it's like yeah but it's a really good blockbuster action <laughs> it is yeah that's yeah it's a good block, blockbuster if you don't think, if you literally do not think about anything yeah it's a fun time <laughs> yeah I think that's what I did when I first saw it in the cinema I didn't realise what was actually going on really and um, it was only after like watched it a few more times I was like yeah, this first, this opening scene actually, is the opening scene really just defines this film for me. It doesn't, at least it doesn't make any sense. It's it's still not really clear why it happens or yeah. what's he doing. Even like, there's like loads of continuity errors in the film as well. Like I was, I was just like, uh, I was looking on Letterboxd and I was reading someone's review. And I, only afterwards I was like, yeah, that did happen. Like <laughs> the, when they rob Wall Street and they take the, when Bane and all his goons rob Wall Street and they take people hostage, 
It's like three, four o'clock in the day. Oh yeah, yeah. It switches to night straight away. It switches to like yeah. pitch black nighttime. Batman comes out. It's yeah. like oh yeah, yeah. You got to turn off the lights. Because <laughs> yeah. like, we were saying it because like they go through a tunnel and Batman has this like gun thing that like shoots off all the electric. That's so cool. It's such that, a cool well, idea. Yeah, Batman returns. Yeah, that, that's great. A great, like, great return. <laughs> great return. Great. Um, return. But like when that happens. My dad was like, "No, no, did Batman not like use a gun and turn off all the lights?" He's like, "Yeah, they did, but then they they leave the tunnel and it's nighttime." Yeah, it's fully <laughs> it's fully nighttime, unless it's, it's just a very long tunnel. A very long tunnel. But uh, yeah, that, I noticed that as well. Yeah, but like that's so stupid. It was only on, after I read it, I was like, I did notice that, but like subconsciously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a few there's a few bits like that in the film. There's, yeah, there's a lot of things like yeah, that. Like, yeah, like on the plot, like this plot holes out the fucking wazoo. Like ah, yeah, yeah. Even the um, the whole nuke thing is so stupid. The nuke is like under yeah. like watching it this time. I was like, okay, now I understand that like he's part of the League of Shadows. I don't think I understood that the first time <laughs> watching it because I think it, I hadn't seen Batman Begins yeah, in years, yeah. so I was like, oh, I don't remember any of that. Uh-huh. Um. Uh, so like in this one it's like oh yeah League of Shadows like okay now I understand that Bane is like his whole plan was to do this like I understand that it wasn't because when people describe it like oh yeah Bane's gonna nuke the place for no reason it's like well he's gonna nuke it because like that's his plan all along it's not like at the end of his plan Um, but uh, that whole thing is just fucking stupid like it's a way to like critique the uh, like Bane's political Oh yeah, it's Point, a way. It's a way to just discredit Bane, but it's yeah. also a way to like, because like a guy is just uh, basically annexed uh, Chicago. Yeah, you know the like analogy or like the the equivalent of Chicago in that universe, and like there's no military presence, mm-hmm. but, but only because he has a nuke and he threatens to set it off if they move over the bridge. Yeah, if the, the nuke isn't there, then it's like well, why aren't the military just invading? Yeah, yeah. You know? That's what I saw. I actually also. But oh, that also is the reason, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't like. Uh, I also thought it was just Bane, just for no reason. It's like I'm going to nuke Gotham, but yeah, I actually does have it. He does have a reason. That is his plan. Mm. But it is also you. you it also you, is stupid. You could have just done something else. Yeah. Really, that is so stupid. You know, and Batman having to go off, fly up, like because the series is so kind of <sighs> it attempts to be grounded. You know, realistic, yeah. gritty Batman. But it it's still at the end of the day the series does end with Batman flying off in a Batcopter with the fucking nuke. <laughs> Batcopter is really cool though. <laughs> yeah, it is very cool with a fucking nuclear bomb strapped to it, and it's like this is. And just, he escapes a nuclear bomb. This is just absolutely. How does he escape? This yeah. is just absolutely ri- ridiculous. Even like uh, like when the bomb goes off, it's like are all those people still not absolutely fucked because they're, they're about to get blasted by radiation now? <laughs> Man, if he just gone straight up, if he's so smart, he, he should just gone straight up. And uh, if you blow it up in the atmosphere, they used to do nuclear tests in the atmosphere. If you blow it up at a certain height, it doesn't, doesn't make any effect, you know? I saw that Best in, uh, detective in the world? Cin- don't think so. Cinema Sins. Cinema Sins. Mm. Think about it, Batman. But um, best detective in the world, exactly, yeah. I think so. But, um, yeah, you're after Lord Gotham's still fucked now. It's like Chernobyl. Everyone's going to have fucking radiation poisoning. <laughs> yeah, and he's gone off on holiday. Yeah, he's to, like, to I'm off to Italy. <laughs> he's off to Italy with Anne Hathaway. Everyone's dying of radiation Tartius. poisoning. He's <laughs> like, I'll set up a boys' home. Peace. Yeah, I saved Gotham. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, we were saying this just before the podcast. Like, the way that you could have ended the, se- the series is that you just don't show Christian Bale actually sitting there with Anne Hathaway at the end of the we film. Way, way better. Yeah, if you just have the whole... Like the fact that Joseph Gordon Levin was he Robin, that's very kind of like very on the nose, bit silly, but you can excuse it. That character, that character is so poorly written. He's quite annoying. He's so annoying. He's so annoying. And uh, oh, that I, whole, for, I forgot that he was in it until now. Yeah, yeah. You have Robin. There's too much going on in this film. Yeah, Robin's just kind of thrown in there. 
But the whole that whole lead up where they're trying to like organize his will and stuff, and they set up the orphanage, um, and then Michael Caine fucks off to Italy or whatever. Florence. To Florence. Yeah, Florence. Yeah. yeah. And like he smiles, yeah. But they already have. You're saying they already have the implication that Batman is. Yeah, because like just before, and it's like, oh yeah, the autopilot actually does work. And it's like because they're talking to Morgan Freeman, and he's just like, uh, oh, I didn't install. And it's like, oh yeah, it said that it was installed by Bruce Wayne. Like the autopilot works. And it's like you have that. It's like the autopilot works. You get Michael Caine. You get him smiling off into the distance. Cut. Cut to black. But what we get is Michael Caine looks up, smiles. Cut to my cut to Christian Bale and Anne Hathaway. He looks, they glance away, and then it cuts back to Michael Caine. He just smiles and he just gets up and walks away. Yeah, it's like dog shit. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like it was, it was it's so like, easy. We get it, we get it. You know, yeah. I think it's just it could have been the test audiences again. Yeah, because like another because that seems like a really obvious. Well, one thing play. that one thing that I remember hearing about the film is like, oh, the ambiguous ending as to whether or not Bruce Wayne's alive. And it's like. No, he's explicitly alive. Who says that? I remember seeing that at the time, being like, "Is is Bruce Wayne actually alive at the end, or is it like uh, Michael Caine, you know, dreaming?" Whatever. It's like it literally <laughs> told you the scene, literally two seconds beforehand yeah. that the autopilot works. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never doubted that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, oh. it wouldn't be better if people were questioning that. Yeah, that's what you'd want. Was he alive? Even if, it, yeah, even if they didn't include that shot, yeah, he still is obviously alive. Mm-hmm. Police is a bit of mystique. Yeah, a little bit. A bit of mystique. Maybe he's dead. Maybe he is dead. Maybe he died. Oh, yeah. Still the best Batman trilogy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's only one Batman trilogy. <laughs> yeah. That's why the the previous one was the best Batman quadrilogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. The, like, it's like rewatching these films, it is, I'm amazed at how pro cop these this trilogy is like Robin being a cop is like the entire thing oh yeah well Batman's a billionaire like, yeah he's, you a know? Billionaire he's a billionaire cop <laughs> he's a billionaire vigilante who doesn't play by the rules no. the laws he's above the law he's it, above everyone he's, he's a fascist superhero but we have to accept that one that I enjoy <laughs> one that I very much enjoy very much enjoy we go for a break let's do it and now for our recommended film of the two weeks I do that every time as well. Oh, the week, yeah. I, yeah. Mean, I mean to go. I mean to say the week, and then I just don't. I faltered. I faltered there. Well, we changed it to weekly. Uh, I feel like we've run out. Of, we're already run out of films. Yes, <laughs> we couldn't do weekly. Yeah, no, we couldn't. We'd just be recommending shit films. Yeah, that no one would watch. No one watches the films. I was anyway. about to say that. I don't want to say it. <laughs> no one watches it anyway. But at least it's the pretense that they could watch. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, Raging Bull. This is our recommended film. A, a 1981 or 1980, depending on where you were, uh, American film directed by Martin Scorsese, starring Bob De Niro, also uh, Joe Pesci, and a few other heads. Um, and it is the story of a middleweight ascending through the ranks to achieve his first shot at a boxing title. But his personal life, laden with paranoia, jealousy, and rage, Scuttles his professional growth. The story of Jake LaMotta. The story of Jake LaMotta. I'm amazed it didn't like. He was Rage a contender. Raging Bull. The story of of, of Jake LaMotta. Yeah, it should have been. <laughs> That's what that film would be called if it came out now. <laughs> yeah, they tried to make a second one, um, and it got canned. Like the the producers of this sued them because they were trying to call it Raging Bull Two. It was a whole different uh, production company and all. So they just they eventually decided not to get sued, and they called it the 
Bronx Bull, which is uh, an alternative name for the real Jake LaMotta, who actually was a real guy. This is all based yeah. on a true story. I was thinking, I've heard of that film. The Bronx Bull? Yeah, I think he came up on Letterboxd underneath Raging Bull. Yeah, it's basically, it's the same uh, guy, but it's more focused on after he, uh, you know, he fell, his fall from grace, mm. whatever grace he had. You yeah, know? whatever, yeah. yeah. Even, even at the high, I'm just like, oh, this is not even a high. Like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing I didn't know about this film, that like, it is basically just a story about an, a really bad guy. It's about toxic masculinity. It is. It's literally just about toxic masculinity. It's a bit. It's a. It's a uh, biopic about a complete piece of shit who you cannot possibly have any sympathy for. There is an absolutely no sympathy towards this character. Yeah, he's one of the most unlikable protagonists I've ever seen in any film. Yeah. Um, like even at the start, he has like, no redeeming qualities whatsoever. Yeah, even at the start, you're like, it immediately starts with him like abusing his wife <laughs> yeah yeah he just beats women he's a pedophile Um, he's a always he's prone to outbursts he's very very aggressive very insecure Um, you know he's very very uh, he's just like he's just a very very angry little man who uh, basically just stays that way there's no character arc at all <laughs> he blames everyone else for his life being shit until the end where he's it, just like stupid 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 but even at the end, oh yeah! Like, but then, then at the end, it's just like after yeah. prison, he's like, oh, he's okay again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even at the end, he does the the famous monologue from on the waterfront by uh, uh, Brando. Yeah, where he's like, he's blaming his brother. He's like, I could have been a contender. He's like, it wasn't me. It was you, Charlie, or whatever his brother's name you is. You did this to me. You did this to me. So he's just like he has learned by the end of the film to cut to the chase. Um, I just finished this very quickly. No, but like we'll talk about the film. <laughs> but like, yeah, the, by the end of the film, he's learned absolutely nothing. Yeah, and that's I'm pretty sure the point. Uh, this guy actually only died recently as well. He died in 2017. Uh, Jake Lamada. How? Um, yeah, I don't know how because like I feel like boxers died pretty early. How old is he? Um, he would have been like late 80s. Um, I'm just gonna check here based on the story. Because according Lamotta. to this, he was he was boxing in the 40s. Yeah. Yeah, he died uh, at the age of 95, sorry. He died at the age of 95. His brother also died at the age of 95 uh, last year. So the guy, so Joe Pesci's character in this... Joe Pesci's character is also a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's just like slightly less of a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he only died recently. How the fuck did this dude live to the age of 95? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm watching this film, and I'm watching him taking these massive shots to the head, like on purpose, mm. wanting the person to hit him. And knock him out because that's like that one thing. Like even when he, when he eventually loses the world title, like you didn't knock me down, yeah. and I didn't even have my hands up or anything. I was holding onto the ropes. You couldn't even knock me down. Mm, he doesn't go down. I'm like, you might not have gone down, but man, your brain is fried. Yeah, he took heavy XP damage, and he dies at the age of 95. <laughs> he, he lived nearly to 100 years old. Um, like even if, even if, I don't I don't think that that happened in real life, but. Regardless, the dude was a boxer. Yeah, he and was a boxer. Yeah. Shots to the head. <laughs> yeah, he was known for being a really dirty fighter. You uh, can tell. He was not a particularly big puncher, but he would subject his opponent opponents to vicious beatings in the ring, with his use of constant stalking, brawling, and inside fighting. He developed a refuta- reputation of being a bully, uh, what is often referred to today as a swarmer and a slugger in boxing. I don't know what those words mean, but it means that he was a pretty rough. You know, it means he was a dickhead pretty, in the ring. <laughs> pretty rough guy. Yeah, um, yeah. The film though, the film is uh, very dark. 
Very dark. Very it's on, dark. It's on black and white as well. <clears throat> it was uh, supposed to be Scorsese's last film. So he spent uh, ages um, editing it and sort of putting it together very meticulously because the kind of the backstory is that uh, Scorsese had just come off uh, a drug overdose, a co- cocaine overdose um, in like the late 70s. Had and he made anything at that stage? Scorsese, yeah, he made, yeah, he made Taxi Driver. He made loads of stuff. Oh, he was, he was yeah, already, he, he, was, Taxi Driver, he yeah. was already world famous. He's one of the best yeah. directors in the world. I'm forgetting, yeah, this is the '80s, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, he, this was supposed to be his last film because yeah, he'd done King of Comedy and everything. Like he'd done everything, yeah, and um, he he'd been offered because this is based on the book, uh, uh, Lamada's book, which or his memoir, which he published in 1970, and uh, it had been presented to Scorsese before, but he wasn't interested because he he never cared about sports. And um, it just the the story didn't speak to him or whatever. Mm. But then he had his overdose, and he started to relate to Lamada in terms of uh, just the punishing uh, extent he would go to uh, in pursuit of excellence or whatever. Mm-hmm. But also, obviously, doing that uh, trying by trying to fill a hole, yeah, you know, sort of uh, shore up some huge personal flaws and insecurities that he has, which he's not able to come to terms with. So uh, Scorsese saw uh, doing a film as the same as being in the ring for Lamada, you know. Mm. Uh, so this was intended to be his last film because he didn't want to do films anymore because it was too intense, basically. He couldn't hack the heat and he was doing a lot of drugs and stuff like that. Um, so uh, Bob De Niro was like, oh, I'll, I'll be Lamada as well. I'll, I'll hop on board, man. I think they're my favorites. Duo, yeah. Duo. They're a great duo. They're made for each other. Yeah, they are. Because, um, yeah, he visited Scorsese in hospital and he's like, let's do this. And uh, in preparation for the role, uh, De Niro trained with Lamotta himself for like six months. And he got fucking jacked. He got absolutely jacked. And uh, Lamotta trained him to the to the point where he actually did fight a few, like, um, they were amateur fights, but they were still like competitive fights. Mm. And he won uh, like four out of six or something like that. Fair play to him. So um, he trained De Niro to the extent that he felt that if he put him in a professional setting that he could actually hold his own. Mm. Um, which isn't really uh, worth it in the sense that the film doesn't have... It's th- not a boxing movie. There's no attempt in the film to have any kind of realistic depiction of boxing itself. Absolutely not at all. It's Even extremely it's, stylized. Like, yeah. It's extremely stylized. Like The whole way that the ring... Jeez, me foot, sorry. The whole way that the ring is lit up um, like an altar or something like that. Yeah, like yeah. something divine about the about the boxing ring. Yeah, and every... In every, a really twisted way because who's in it? <laughs> yeah, every fight has a different style to it as well. Yeah. A different way of approaching the uh, perspectives. It's all, it is, it's all very perspective-based as well. It's not like it's not like Rocky where it's like huge, crazy colors and you're rooting for this guy and it's pulling back and it's showing the action. It's mm-hmm. like zooming in on the punches. It's just like almost like reverse shot, reverse shot. It's all black and white, and you barely hear the crowd. It's just this guy getting absolutely either getting absolutely pummeled or absolutely pummeling someone else. Yeah, viciously. Yeah, like yeah. when he fights that guy, um, the young guy that his wife had said, "I the pretty boy." Yeah, he's a pretty boy. Like you're like, oh fucking hell. <laughs> he goes, yeah, he goes for the face, and uh, like, literally, the guy goes, "He ain't pretty no more." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the guy is cruel, like, extremely insecure. Um, also for the role, this is one of the first cases of the. Uh, Kind of something that's very common these days, where the the actor transformation for the role, because mm. uh, by the end of the film, uh, kind of like the the descent in uh, Lamada's career when his, his downfall or whatever, he gets fat, he retires, he gets fat, 
loads of other things happen, and he, his life basically falls apart. But De Niro actually put on the sixty pounds yeah, to, looks, to, yeah. to portray. There's a there's a point where he's standing in the phone booth. I don't think the facial makeup is great. Oh, it's not no. But yeah. like the the body is. But the body is <laughs> the, the body's body, real. The body's just real. Yeah, the point where he's standing in the phone booth and he's trying to trying to uh, gather ten k to pay off some debts that he has, and he's talking to the wife, I think, or his uh, his accountant or something like that. And uh, you could just see, like, his stomach's just hanging. His belly's just hanging out, and his, his, like, the buttons on his shirt are just, like, bursting. They're about to burst at the seams, about to shoot off and hit someone in the eye. <laughs> but, um, like, it's it's very uh, impressively done. Mm. But, um, it's a very it's a very grim film. It's extremely grim. There's no yeah. there's no light side. There's, there's no, no upside. There's nothing funny in this film because it's just like here's a portrayal of a real bad toxic masculinity, and the fella is a complete piece of shit. Because even like when he's not yelling at someone, or like literally beating the shit out of someone in a boxing ring, or also in real life, <laughs> like mm. in in real life uh, outside of the ring. He has this thing, and De Niro is... This is, like, one of the great performances, I do think. Like, De Niro, the way that he, like... You can tell at him, like, just by the look on his face, he's gonna... He's he's gonna... Like, the people in the room are now in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. He, he just has this look, and then he asked him a question, like, where where were you? And it's just like, oh, he's gone. Yeah. Like, there's no getting him back from that. Yeah, yeah he's, he's in his he's in his rut. Yeah, he's in the zone now. He's going yeah. for the attack, and there's nothing that you can say that can fix this. Yeah, he's so insecure. His wife just talks to random people at a different table. He's like, "Are you fucking that guy? Are you yeah. sucking that guy's cock?" It's like he's just he just bound, he's ready to explode at any moment. I thought it was going to be a case, like I didn't know all these things about the film uh, going in. Mm. I thought it was going to be the case where this guy is like really flawed character. And he has problems. He has anger issues. But he's just trying to. He's trying to. He's a working class guy. He's trying to make his way to the top. But then, like at some point during one of like the five minute long wife beating sequences, I was like, I just realized that there's no like coming back. Like this guy is just a piece of shit, and like yeah. he's just like there's no redemption for the character. The the point of the film is that this guy is just irredeemable. Like, he's irredeemably lost, and there's something like fundamentally flawed with his soul or something like that, which is somewhat human which is why I guess so, like Scorsese could relate to him yeah cause like not not that I can relate to Jake LaMotta at all but the idea of like getting like striving for perfection and it like just costing everything mm, yeah 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 but like to not in like the general sporting mm. movie sense where it's like no. he, he put it all on the line to save his family to to get the championship or whatever like that so he just put like his dignity and like uh all his friends and his loved ones on the line mm-hmm. to get something that he didn't even particularly enjoy. Yeah. You know, just for like, just for kicks, you know, it's very, it's like a nihilistic kind of film maybe. Yeah. It's either that or it's just, it's just a, like a, like a fucking diss track against uh, Jake LaMotta. It's like Jake <laughs> LaMotta calling you out, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah, which it can't be because he was, a, he literally trained Robert De Niro in preparation for the role. But at the same time, it kind of been nice to live for 40 years after Martin Scorsese made one of the greatest films of all time, uh, which basically portrayed you as being a completely irredeemable piece of shit. <laughs> a pedophile, misogynist wife beater who no one likes and who had no Homophobe, friends. Homophobe, racist, he's everything. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He's he is everything. everything. He's not, he turns into a, he tries his hand at a comedy at the end. He, he, he becomes so a comic. Bad. And he's extremely bad at that as well. He just fails at everything in life. Um, and it's kind of funny, but it's also just like really, really bleak. It's so bleak because like he's, 
he's hurting people as well. Like that's a, like the film doesn't shy away from the fact that he is harming everyone oh, yeah. around him. Yeah, he's the villain. Yeah, he's the, yeah he he's it's not an antihero. Yeah. He's the villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the first film where it's always seen really where there's like no um, there is no conventional arc. Like there no. is there's no character development at all. Like he's just it just follows a guy who is a villain. And uh, we know nothing about it, like his backstory or anything. Mm, no, no, it's just like from point A to B, his boxing career. Uh, he hits the heights, he reaches the lows, he retires, everything goes to shite, and he never learns anything at any point. Yeah, even like uh, even his highest moment of like winning, winning the world title, <clears throat> the scene where we see him relaxing outside of boxing. Is the scene where he's like, where he asks his brother, "Did you fuck my wife?" Yeah, and like, that's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's like the pivotal scene in the film. <laughs> like we're like every like this is everything's going downhill. The high is a high for one scene, and then it's no longer a high. We're down into this into the the pits again. Yeah, yeah. Even when um, towards the end, and he gets brought to jail at some point. It's it's in 1957, mm. so it's like long after he's retired and stuff. And it's been established that he's like. Uh, basically pimping out underage women he's uh, jeffrey epstein in them yeah yeah in the yeah it's really bleak but yeah he gets brought to jail at one point and it's, it's like a low it's a, like the low for him you know like all that's like the all is lost point mm. in the script in a normal script anyway and he's like he's in the cell and he's like why 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 yeah i thought the film was gonna end at that stage yeah yeah and i we thought hit, we hit pause because my mom was like i need to pee and there was 15 minutes left yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I thought there was going to be some kind of, like, maybe he, he cleans himself up and he's like, he realizes what's gone wrong. But um, he's literally just saying, he's like, why, why, why? It's like, oh, man, you're like, you're a pedophile fucking, uh, you know, rapist, uh, horrible <laughs> person. That's yeah, why. abusive. But like, he's just, he's just like crying into the void. He's just, he's, he's just feeling sorry for himself. Yeah. There's no uh, kind of self-reflection or anything. And then. Um, no, no thought for those girls that he just sold yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking dark. It's so grim. Yeah. This is not a good vibe film. It's not a good vibe film, but it's a good film. It's a good like, it's a very, very well made very, film. It's like it's really well acted, like I had this weird thing with the film though, where like for the first hour I was like into it, but I wasn't really into it. I was like, Yeah, it's good, but like if it keeps up like this, like mm. But then around the hour mark, just after the hour mark, I was just like this film is after shifting into something else, and it's it's not going the way that I thought it was going. Mm. I think because the first half is kind of conventional, and you think you know where it's going, but then it just doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, it doesn't I was have an arc. Same. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought, yeah, I thought it was going to be. It was like an art house Rocky. Mm. I thought yeah, it was going to yeah, be something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it just gives up on the whole boxing thing about halfway in, mm. and it's just a char- character study in. Um, a very sad, lonely man. There's fuck all boxing in this film. Like. Yeah, there is. There's barely any boxing, and any any bit of boxing is not glorifying it at all. Because it's because the way that it's shot, it's like this isn't like sportsman. Like this is a very angry man taking out his anger on someone else. Yeah, it's just vicious street fighting. Yeah. yeah. How do, I always love when I watch a Scorsese film. Like ah, there's someone from The Sopranos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, Phil Leotardo is. Yeah. Um, What's his name in this film? He's uh, Anyway, he's his rival. He's not even his rival. He's just a guy that he thinks is fucking his wife. I don't know if he is. He's not. I think he's just his mate. He's just a guy, he's yeah. He's just a guy, and he's like, you're fucking my wife. And he's like, you're fucking my wife. I think it's because we're meant to... Because we're meant to... 
be in tra- in I was gonna say Travis Pickle in Jake Lam- Jake Lamada's mind. You might you might think like I oh, is he is fucking his wife. He's like but the whole point is no, he's not. <laughs> like yeah. this is just his paranoia speaking. Yeah, yeah, he's just like he just blames him. He just blames everyone around him, and he's like so. Um, you know, he has the whole thing as well where he's like he he like lost like he's married at the start, mm. and he lost after this fifteen year old girl who he sees at a pool. Um, how old she was? Yeah, she was fifteen years old, and that that was real as well. How that, old was he at that time? Um, he was twenty five or something. He was around that because he was born in nineteen twenty one. Grim. So, not good. Not a good look, Jake. But um, but yeah, he, and then he gets with her, and he starts, um, or no, he marries her, and uh, but 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 obviously marrying her, you know, he's got the thing in his hands. The thing in his hands, in his mind, anyway. Uh, but now he's like, he's like, fuck her. She's a, she's a slut. She's a whore. Because, yeah. because uh, it's always, it's always a case. He wants what he can't have. He, he wants the, you know, the perfect virgin kind of like. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he resents her. Yeah. Then he res- resents her because like he Man. knows that she, she doesn't want to be with him because he knows he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Their, their date and like them having sex, that scene makes way more sense now that like she's underage. Because I was like. Why is she acting like this? I was so confused. Like, what she's is, only a teenager. I was like, what is going on? And now it's like, oh, she was fifteen. Okay, that makes oh fuck right. That, yeah. that makes that so much more grim than <laughs> I thought. Yeah. It was just really weird. <laughs> yeah, and the girls later in the film were like fourteen. Yeah, thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, Graham. what a bad guy. Bad. And he guy. he was like he signed off on this. He's like, <laughs> he's like yeah, he's like, great. He's like yeah. You gonna make me look like Rocky? Yeah. Marius Scorsese's like yeah. 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 All right, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. oh yeah, man! Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is one for the history books. I promise you. Yeah, like imagine being related to this guy. Like, he's just yeah, he's not a good guy. Not a good guy. Not a nice guy. A bad hombre. And De Niro winning the Oscar for it. Oh, did he? Huh? He won an Oscar. Oh, for his one? second Oscar. Yeah, yeah. His second Oscar. I think he won for Taxi Driver as well, or something else. How many Oscars does De Niro have? Eh, not enough. <laughs> <laughs> if he can win more than one, you shouldn't be able to win more than one. But that's a different point. But if he can win more than one, he should be he should be winning for he should be win win for uh, you know Goodfellas, Godfather. Was he in Goodfellas? He was. He was. Uh, Rage and Bull, Taxi Driver. He's been for Little Fockers. Uh, <laughs> the Irish meet man. The, parents, <laughs> the Irish man. <laughs> uh, what else? He's been in some some fucking bad films. Yeah, yeah, recently. some shocking films. Let's see how many Oscars he has. One second. De Niro. Robert De Niro has won two Oscars. He won for Raging Bull and The Godfather Part 2. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Best Supporting and Best Actor. Oh, so he did win for that. He's been nominated for Silver Linings Playbook, Cape Fear, Awakenings, The Deer Hunter, and Taxi Cape Driver. Cape Fear? That was shit. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a good like it was an alright film but that's not a good performance um, The Deer Hunter he should have won for that that yeah, was a very, good, very that good that was a very good performance yes but yeah speaking of the Oscars Mark speaking of the Oscars the Oscars happened Sunday night didn't they I can't believe it nothing major happened did it yeah I didn't see it some some movie one yeah and else you know pretty bog standard yeah it was pretty standard I heard that was a slap 
the slap of oh, Will Smith's godly hand coming down on top of Chris Rock's face. That was live audio. Let's talk about that before we talk yeah, about it. Yeah, Owen just slapped me. Yeah, just slapped me. I was like, what the? Oh, yeah. Keep <laughs> my podcast name out your fucking mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm defending the honor of my podcast. Wow. Yeah, like, wow. What the fuck is he thinking? What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is he thinking? You know? I think there's like two sides to the to the slap. One, which is like, you know, you shouldn't he shouldn't be escalating it to a violent degree over like something something like that, you know? Bad joke. Real bad joke. They they're both in the wrong in this situation. Will Smith's way He's more way worse. Wrong. He's way, way more, more he's way more in the wrong though. But then the other side of it is it is also just fucking gas. <laughs> It's fucking hilarious, but imagine being Chris Rock. Oh man, you'd, you'd be, be fuming, pissed, absolutely fuming. I say there was some fucking intern on that like little earpiece that he yeah. was on. I was like, "We will give you all the money in the world if you just let this go." Yeah, yeah. Please do not <laughs> do, do not this. escalate this. Do not Move do what on. you were thinking of doing. Yeah, yeah. Like you were saying, like he was about to say something. Like he's a comedian. He's a stand-up comedian. He's dealt with hecklers. Obviously, he's never dealt with something like that before, and he's never dealt with Will Smith confronting him on stage. But he definitely had something in his head. Oh, he would have just destroyed comeback. him. He could have easily... The guy, like, Will, Will Smith is a joke to the world already. He's a living meme. He's known for being, like, like a cook based or, mm. like, you know, being, like... He's been humiliated by his wife on, like, on national TV. I've literally seen... There's a fucking um, a photo. You know that Drake photo where it's, like... The like the meme template was like Drake like palming away from something. Yeah, and like that. It's like when uh, when when men fuck my wife. It's like nah, it's okay. But then when uh, when someone insults her, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Like there was so much he could have easily said something, and the fact that he didn't fair play to him. But I, I'd also say he's very like shell shocked. He's like, what yeah. the fuck? Like There's no the, precedent there. Like whatever about that happening at, at anything, you're at the. Oscars, <laughs> yeah, yeah, at the Oscars, at the most prestigious award for like films or whatever. Mm. And a guy got up and slapped you in the face. The guy that later on went on to win Best Actor. <laughs> the worst part is he could have, like, we had in what was it, twenty fifteen or sixteen? When remember they did the whole they read out the wrong uh, movie. Yeah, Moonlight. That was I am one hundred percent. I would put my house on that being staged. I am <laughs> almost certain that was staged. Because, remember it had been done before, the year previous, uh, during the Miss Universe competition? Steve Harvey read out the wrong uh, winner for Miss Universe. Oh, no, I've never seen that. But then the year afterwards, the Oscars were like, oh, the same thing has happened again. Yeah, what a coincidence. That was staged, 100% staged. But this one, like, I don't, I don't think it's staged. Yeah, I, I thought it was. Staged. When I first heard about it, yeah, I thought people were talking about it. I saw the, the first, the, the image. I saw the photo, and I was like, that's, that's That looks so staged. But then you see Chris Rock's reaction. And you see uh, the awkwardness, the awkwardness, the awkward silence. Yeah, that's the thing. If he, if Will Smith had just slapped him and, and then down, sat yeah. down, he could have like the the crowd was willing to play into the bit, willing to laugh. But he cursed. But he, but he no, he he starts shouting. Oh, he cursed. and heckling. Yeah, it's like that's when fucking wife. It's like there's no way that's fake. Like he yeah. just cursed on like we and you can you know I didn't even realize that they censored it as well because I just seen the footage. Yeah, the Japanese. Court. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's just like. <laughs> it's like, oh no, he like fall on f bomb twice at twice. the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he just he could have played it off. He could have played it off, but he just decided to double down. He wanted to be the big man, the alpha male. I said it twice as well. Like the first, I like that's the point where it's like it just got worse and worse. Where like he said it once, and Chris Rock was kind of talking over him, so you couldn't really hear what he's saying. If he hadn't repeated himself, then he'd be the beta man because because yeah. he was like. 
because Chris Chris Rock was like, "What?" And if it was just silent, then the crowd would be like, "Whoa!" Yeah, you have to say it again. You have to say something. And he doubled he just, down. On he it. just shouldn't have said anything. He, and like he like he like he enunciated every word to say, yeah. "Keep your hands <laughs> off my fucking." Wife, what? Or keep uh, your name, keep her name at your fucking mouth. Yeah, yeah. Keep your hands. He'd be alright with that. He'd be fine with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, what a melt. They should, they should take the office Oscar off him just for laughs. <laughs> to just give for it to laughs. Chris Rock. Give it to someone else. Like yeah. I, I, I had absolutely no idea that he was even nominated. I've never heard of the film that he's in, King Richard. I knew he was gonna win. I was like, this is, this is the, this is Smith's year. He's not a good actor. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really rate him. I haven't seen him or anything to rate I, him in. I, I love him in. Uh, he comes out with loads of bangers, you know, like Independence Day, I Am Legend, great Fresh action Pin, films. Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince, yeah. But it'd be like if Tom, Tom Cruise does a fucking um, biopic about, um, I don't know, fucking he plays. He's already won an Oscar, I'm pretty sure. Tom Cruise has. Yeah. Well, I don't know, someone like that, someone, some random action star, Chris Evans. Chris Evans, yeah, yeah, he plays, he does some like fucking Oscar Beatty uh, sports biopic, and then he wins the Oscar. It's like, but it's like you're an action star. No, no, Man, no. That's one hundred percent gonna happen no, in twenty years time. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but no, they shouldn't be doing that. Know your role. You, you're an you're in stupid action movies. You're not a serious actor. Just accept that you're already a millionaire, mm. worth hundreds of millions probably. A rapper. A rapper. You're beloved by millions. Two very successful kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't need that Oscar, man. <laughs> Even his kids are like multimillionaires, and he's everyone loves him, or they did a few days ago. Now he's like a joke. You yeah, know? he's just a meme again. Or I suppose he already was a meme, but like less so of a meme. Because so. I don't think a lot of people uh, in like the mainstream, not even the mainstream, but like most people wouldn't really know that like the whole like because he has like an open relationship, isn't it, with Jada? Yeah, an open marriage. Yeah. Or to what extent was that like a consensual? Or she just go around fucking other lads, and he was like, "All right." Yeah, but I'm pretty sure he goes around fucking other women. And he stuff definitely fucked well. uh, Margot Robbie. I remember that. That was the thing. For yeah, ages. he did. Because they were in like three films together. They're all shit. Mm. They're all absolutely terrible. Yeah, <laughs> they did Focus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Does anyone remember that film, Focus? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Suicide Squad, and they oh, did they another did one as well. Suicide Squad together. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. But um. Yeah, strange guy. I remember he did that interview where he was like, um, when he first got famous, he was having sex with so many women that uh, it disgusted, that it like uh, violated his like inner moral fiber to the extent that anytime he had an orgasm, he'd start vomiting. That's like a direct quote from from Will Smith. And Will Smith, he's is, fucked up. Will Smith <laughs> is like fucking weird. Like he yeah. is fucking weird. He's all, he is a huge Scientologist as well. Yeah, which is also. Does every single actor that's like heavily involved in Scientology end up having a fucking breakdown, <laughs> like live on TV? For he's, just to see? he's just ascended to the the real Will Smith is ascended to the next plane. Yeah, this is just his husk, yeah. this is his earthly husk <laughs> yeah. left behind. He's just nothing like the the one the one we the you pure once Will knew. Smith is, yeah. is ascended. The real Will Smith is long gone. But yeah, an eventful Oscars anyway. An eventful. Oscars. You see that the viewing rate, the viewing numbers went up um, three times. Uh, they went from like uh, six million to twenty million, like in the minute after the slap. Really? And they, they they sort of stabilized as well. Like people kept watching, because like they, they they they've always had a problem. <laughs> See, the Oscars like we need to get this happening. Yeah. We get, need more violence on yeah, stage. Yeah, two actors that fucking hate each other. Put one of them up at the front. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They like they they already had like a pre-existing feud before. I think it was the twenty sixteen Oscars where they had like a little 
they had a disagreement or something. I wasn't sure, but but yeah, no, yeah, because they've been struggling with ratings for years. Chris Rock fucked Jada. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I suppose I don't think he likes her for some reason. Even though they're both in Madagascar together. Yeah, I saw that. Did you see that thing? It's like uh, Oscar def- Oscar slaps Merlin for <laughs> to defend Glory or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, these two lads are having a knock. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's just the shark tail fish and uh, Marty the I put Marty that up. Zebra. I put that up as the photo for the for the questions. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no good stuff though. Good stuff. And you saw one of the Oscar winners? Didn't I you? did. I did. I I heard that Coda had won Best Picture. I filmed that. We had never heard of <laughs> a film which I had never we, we'd never heard of. I'm sure we read it out on the podcast mm, when we did the nominations. Yeah, yeah, but we definitely yeah, didn't those know. power Oscars are on their way. Don't worry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just a week delay. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. But um, they'll be out sometime. <laughs> um, yeah, I watched Coda, so I never heard of it. And it's this weird film, um, about a girl. It's a no. Well, the first the first sentence on the Wikipedia is Coda is a 2021 film um, which is a coming-of-age musical comedy drama. And uh, if you can extrapolate from that one sentence and create a film in your mind, just like a, like whatever comes to your head, scene by scene, that is exactly what the film is. <laughs> it's literally... Like, it is a coming-of-age yeah. oh, no. comedy. We, you, we have all seen... You've seen this film before. Everyone's listening to this has already seen this film. Literally everyone in the world has seen this film before. Because it's just the same film that's been made about 50 times. Mm. Um, it's just a, as I say, like a coming-of-age comedy drama where there's only, like, only that's only one, that's a one type of film. Like, there's no room for uh, maneuvering in that genre, yeah. that micro-genre there. It's actually a remake of a French film, La Famille uh, Bellière, from like 2016. Um, which is a bit weird to remake a film where you already need a lot of subtitles anyway mm. in English. Yeah. So. Yeah, because it's all sign language, yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. So there's not, there's not a lot of English in the film anyway. Yeah. Do like what's the plot to this? Because what is the plot to this film? The plot is so the the word coda. It's actually an acronym. It stands for Child of Deaf Adults, mm. I believe. Um. So it's about a girl called called Ruby. And uh, she is a she could, she is the child of deaf parents, and her brother's deaf. So everyone in her family is deaf, but she can hear. And uh, they're like just like a, they're like a fishing family. And uh, you know she struggles. She's really awkward. She's a teenager. She's struggling to uh, find out who she is. And you know she's starting to notice boys and stuff like that. Um, and she decides well the boy she likes uh, signs up for choir, so she also signs up for choir. Um, and through the medium of song and music, she learns to express herself with the help of her music teacher. Jesus Christ, I have seen this film before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, it is scene for scene. Like, you can literally imagine this. I don't know why anyone would ever pay to see this film, because you can just think about it in your head, and that, that is exactly what the film is. Like, mm. there's not even, um, on a technical level, like, the film is, like, it's a perfect film. Yeah. Like, there's nothing... It's best picture, Michael, should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and Green Book. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Um, But there's also, like, nothing... It doesn't do anything. Like, it's just every scene is, like... Or every, like... The camera's framed, like, in the most basic way possible in every single scene. It is shooting what it needs to shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a hyper-realism, yeah. Mm. It's social realist. <laughs> yeah. um, and then it's, like, a... 
there's a lot of music involved because she's a singer and her family is deaf so it's like a, a little you know it's like a commentary on them um, yeah. yeah yeah i see what they did they're very clever yeah yeah the, the actors in it are actually deaf as well the um the main guy troy kotzer is he won best actor Yes, he did. Or best supporting best actor. Best supporting, yeah. Best supporting actor. Uh, he's deaf, and also so is uh, Marley Matlin, who is the ma. Um, she also won an Oscar a few years ago. She's the first one you were saying. Isn't the first person yeah. to win an Oscar, yeah. The uh, first, first person. She's <laughs> the first deaf person to win an Oscar, um, and they're very good, you know. But it's just a film that did not need to be made. Mm. Never mind uh, win an Oscar. I have no idea why anyone would say this is the best film that was made in twenty twenty one. I've absolutely I no mean, idea. I mean, man, like looking at that show, like the line, like what was nominated and stuff like that as well. Uh, pa- all of them, I was like, yeah. Ugh. I wouldn't be arsed watching any of them, but like Dune, I would give the like Dune. A lot of people, you know, people like gripes with Dune, but like Dune is at least had um, there was some kind of spectacle involved, and there was a technical aspect. Yeah, there's something and, going for it. And uh, yeah, the adapted. You were saying like adapted uh, the unadaptable book. Mm. Uh, you know, had a like, great performances, like like a. Uh, great uh, design and stuff. Like I don't know why. Um, it actually like it boggles my mind why you would give Coda the best picture. I have absolutely no idea why. Because I picture. like I genuinely I am never never gonna watch the Power of the Dog probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw it's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah, it is I, on Netflix. I, I was thinking well, I watched that and I was like, mm. I've heard like it's like I've heard like oh, yeah, it's grand. Like yeah, I've heard some people really like it, and other people be like, ah, yeah, it's kind of whatever. So I don't know. Yeah, I thought maybe I'll give it a shot, but like I will never watch it. I'll never I, watch any of those films. I mean, I'm probably I won't watch Coda. Like I didn't watch Green Book. I'm not gonna watch Coda. <laughs> oh no, yeah, don't watch Coda. Like it, like it's not even like Green Book is is weird shit going on. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that film about? <laughs> like Coda is perfectly okay. I think it has some criticisms from like deaf people. It's mm. good representation of deaf people. Yeah. Um, is it like a happy movie? Maybe that's why they picked it. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's a happy film. It's like um. But it's a happy film that was like, it's, um, it's a Disney Channel original movie with a slightly higher budget. That's all it is. Sounds like the perfect movie. <laughs> the perfect movie. And even like, and every scene is just like, like she has the whole. She's trying to get into music, or the the music teacher's like, you should go to a music college. Um, and he, he arranges like a, an audition for like Berkeley Music College in America, and uh, she's like, oh, I don't want to go because she's like so many competing pressures. Uh, with her family at home, um, and she's confused about who she is, uh, and she's also distracted by the boy, but she's embarrassed because her parents and stuff like that. Um, but then eventually, she's like, she plucks up the courage. That's the most unsurprising thing in the, like that ever happened that I've ever seen in any film. She's like, so weird. She's like, I will. I actually, I will go to the audition. It's like, wow, I didn't see that coming. And she goes to the audition, and um, she's like, she's very nervous at the start, um, and she's like, kind of like, she's not projecting her voice properly. And uh, the judges are sitting there, and they're like, "Oh no, no, she's 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 not getting in." So then, uh, her teacher, the music teacher, the, her her tutor, shows up at the back of the room. And he's like, uh, "Could I play the piano for her, or uh, could I accompany her on the piano?" And uh, the judges are like, "Well, this is highly unorthodox, but uh, <laughs> we'll allow it." I was like, "Are they for real?" Oh my you know? god! Are they Jesus. for real? Like the whole. Oh, this is so unusual, but. Yeah, we'll allow this, and then he basically like fixes it so that she gets in, because like he like he plays her song for her or whatever. Yeah, he plays the song that she wants to to sing, and she gets the guy. So it's like a Disney Channel original movie. That's cool. That is, I can't get over. It. Like now but that you describe it to me, I was like, 
It's like this one. They, like the, the like I have seen this film before. <laughs> the Academy thinks this is the best film of 2021. I I just I do not understand. Weird. She, your one who uh, wrote the screenplay also got best adapted screenplay, which I like. This like the film was already made. Like, it's a remake of a film. How did you get best adapted screenplay? Because the other film was like widely acclaimed. Yeah, you know? that's like, like that's what? dubious. <laughs> you adapted a very good film and made an alright film. Um, you know, and there's not even like, I don't know, it just doesn't make any sense. It's That's so fucking weird. It's bizarre. But yeah, don't watch Coda. So yeah, best picture, you know. Yeah, the best picture. Best picture. Yeah, yeah. Will Smith with the best actor and the dad in this, Coda. Yeah, best Troy supporting. Coster, the yeah. second deaf person, the second person ever to win an Oscar. Yeah, the second ever person, yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of cool stuff. But yeah, that's probably the, the last one I'll watch from this year's Oscars. Yeah. To be TBH. Like, is there anything else? Drive my car. If it wasn't three hours, I probably would give it a go. Yeah. Just not arsed. Maybe that Riz Ahmed short film. Yeah, maybe check out the... Like, are you... Would you watch Encanto now? Because that one... That mm. doesn't mean anything, though. What's Encanto? It's a Disney film. Um, No, probably not. Like, Luca was right there. Why didn't you give it to Luca? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Was that nominated? Yeah, yeah, yeah Luke was nominated, but Encanto won. I haven't seen Encanto, but mm. I haven't heard that much great things about it. I heard it like, yeah, it's a Disney movie. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of weird, strange choices. I think if, if the slap hadn't happened, it would have just bombed. It would have gone completely under yeah. the radar. I feel like more people more, might have more talked about the Jesse Plemons and Kristen Dunst thing. With yeah. Amy Schumer. Yeah, I didn't know about that too. Yeah. You told me. Like, just Amy Schumer fucking made a terrible joke, but it was all staged and planned. Mm. But it's just like, that's. Like, Amy Schumer is not the person to be doing that. She's just. She shouldn't have a career. She's not funny at all. Yeah, she's not funny and she's not really well liked. Yeah, yeah. People don't like her. Yeah. yeah. Like, people. You know the way that people used to not like. Um, oh, you're one from Bridesmaids. Melissa McCarthy. People yeah. used to not like her, but then she like she actually w- is pretty funny. Like. Yeah, she's f- like, she is funny, and she like kind of turned her like perspective, Bitch. her like internet, the way that she's viewed on the internet around, and it's like it's working for her. But Amy Schumer is just never going to do that, or at least hasn't at this stage. <laughs> oh no, she has absolutely no chance. Remember the time she she fell on the carpet in front of Kanye West and uh, oh my God. and Kim Kardashian, and Kanye just like walked past her. <laughs> and it was like uh, he had some comments about her afterwards as well, but she was trying to like. Do this whole like dramatic thing, and it just like it was so awkward because it, it, it completely bombed. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is Amy Schumer to a whole, isn't it? Though, like everything she does, is just not funny. It's yeah, bombs. She made some joke about uh, Leo DiCaprio's girlfriends. Um, oh yeah, that Le- hasn't been made before. Leo DiCaprio is doing so much for the planet; he will leave it in a better shape for his girlfriends. Um that's it. That's the roast. Good roast. That's the issue. Is a roast is about ten years old, and it also doesn't make any sense. <sighs> Yeah. But yeah, because because of that was staged though between like mm. people would talk people, about that. I was like, oh maybe the Chris Rock but like oh, that's just not fake at all. It's just not yeah, fake at yeah. all. If that is fake, that's the best production. That's that, the best work I've yeah, ever seen. That's the best work that's coming out of Hollywood all year. Get those two men at WWE now. <laughs> they can they can pull a work real well. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble of Chris Rock versus oh, Will Smith. I paid to see that. Yeah. Get, Rock, them in, get them in the ring. Rock versus Smith. It's, it sounds like it's setting it oh up. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna smelt you into something <laughs> awful. 
I'm gonna rock your socks. Gonna rock your world. Oh. Yeah. I'm gonna rock your world. Cause like, all right, because the, cause I forgot that the Oscars were happening. Same, completely. So I was like, fuck, right? We don't have that much to talk about. But also last week, going back to the Batman again, but we're back to the Batman. The Joker scene dropped last week as well. The Joker scene, the deleted Joker scene. Yeah, you you called it. I'm pretty sure it did come out for that. Uh, or did mm. you say that? The Ratsalada, whatever the fuck it was. You were saying that that's going to be the the reward for... I don't know. Do what? doesn't matter. I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that fucking RNG thing that they had with that augmented reality game? Where like you went to the website and there was a load. Oh number. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what this dropped when that went to 100. percent Yeah, okay. And I yeah. think you were the one that was saying that. The Joker scene. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. What do you think of it? Um, hot take. That's a bit weird to be honest. I think he looks scary. He looks scary. He mm. looks horrible. That smile. He looks it's butchered. He looks butchered. Yeah. Like he looks like the Joker. Should do in this universe. He looks like an acid attack victim. Yeah. Which is the actual origin, isn't it? That he fell into a vat of chemicals. Yeah, but this one, I don't know what the fuck's happened to him. Aye, God knows what it actually, actually is, but it has, clearly has something to do with acid. Like, he's not, like, no hair. Mm. Or it's like, he's, like, tufts of hair and yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. It was, um, I don't know how I feel about his, his like, kind of take on it, though. You know? Okay, I'm like, it looks, I like the look. I like the look, yeah, I'm yeah. tired of seeing it. The what? I'm tired of edgy... Of the Joker. Of edgy Punk Joker. Joker. I'm tired of seeing edgy Joker. Mm, like, I feel like they could have easily gotten away with, like, something a bit more restrained. Considering he is clearly, like, young Joker. Yeah. And he's, like, he's already so fucked up. It's like they could have just had him as something a bit more, like, stripped back. It's also like, yeah, maybe it is just kind of um, oversaturation of the character as well. Because I I wasn't too mad about his interpretation of it, like mm. like even the laugh and stuff. That was a bit yeah. st- like, but it was the same when he like he, he wasn't in the, the movie, but he like his silhouette was, and the, he he had the audio track. Yeah, and um, but like I didn't, I was a bit, I was a bit. Mm. But if he's, if he's a side character, something similar, like something that Batman would go to a voice for, mm. like a penguin kind of thing. Yeah, that would maybe build up into a main villain. Then I definitely get on board with that. But if they go straight into he's the next villain for the film, or for the next film, I don't know. You know, yeah, I, I, I don't know if he could carry that. Because even like, um, like what are you saying to Batman? I kind of liked. I did kind of like the way that he's saying, "Oh, the reason why you're really interested in this guy is because he's p- killing the people." That you should be going after as well. Yeah, you're afraid that he's right. And you're thinking, oh, fuck, what if he is right? Yeah. Uh, like, I do like that idea. I like that you called that out, because that was clearly what Batman was thinking. But yeah. it was never it was never really Im- even, like, implied in the mm. dialogue. You know, I think that could have been addressed in the film. Yeah. Well, it was addressed and then they took it out. <laughs> it wasn't addressed in the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah, but that's, like, I like the way that the Joker can, like, twist Batman's head to make him question the morality or, like, why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I like that version of Joker, but I am just tired of Joker. <laughs> mm, yeah, I don't. It didn't really need it, you know. It didn't really, you know. It's weird because I liked it, but I also don't like it. Yeah, no, I, I like that they brought it out. I like that they did it mm. just for the. Novelty. I'm glad that it wasn't in the film. I like. Mm, yeah, I don't know, but like, I, yeah, I don't know how I feel about it though. I just like this is an Irish Joker. Yeah, same. My, my mom claims that she saw him on Dame Street today. 
I doubt that, but <laughs> she claims, she's like, I saw Barry Keown today. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but yeah, she says she's on Dame Street. But, um, yeah, I don't know. She probably just saw some random fella from Dublin. It's some <laughs> random weird looking fella. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. What, what, what are you, what, what's your, what's I your vibe? I don't know, because I am like, I, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. But I was like, I do, I do like it. And I like that he's real fucked up. And he is like, he looks like a horror villain. Mm. He doesn't look like he belongs in a Batman film at all. Um, he looks like a fucking, he looks like fucking Leatherface or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and with the smile and stuff like that. But, yeah, I was just like, I don't know. I think it is, some of it is a bit much. Yeah, because like, cause like everything else is very, like compare him to the Riddler. That's what I keep doing. I'm picturing him beside like the Riddler or Penguin or anyone. It's like, yeah. he's too extreme. Like he's the reverse. Like, the, like, well, you don't really have a, a comparison for the Riddler. But think of like Penguin versus Danny DeVito's Penguin. Mm. Or even him versus, um, or, or uh, Pattinson's. Terry and Riddler. Yeah, or Pattinson's Batman versus uh, <laughs> any the, of them. The other Batmans, like it, like the the Batman by the recent Batman, this year's Batman is like trying to be way more like grounded, realistic, mm. in like a like there's a clear style to it, but it's also um more grounded in a way that in a different way to the Nolan films. Mm. But then you have uh, that's like Joker. Just seems like really off the map. Yeah, it feels like it's something that should have been in like a Burton film, you know, to me. Yeah, but he's too gory. Like if he is too gory, but I don't think he fits in the with the aesthetic of the other characters. Yeah, like I the do penguin, th- you know. Like, I I do think that like like Heath Ledger could fit into this one perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like he and like was, literally Heath Ledger's Joker. It was more way more understated. Mm. You know, even though it's not really that understated, but this one is like very very uh, like not over the top, but like it's. He's you know, very, very deformed. He's very <laughs> deformed, whereas the penguin is mutilated at the, some stage. The penguin isn't even like, you know, he's just a guy. Mm. You know, he's just a he's just a gangster who has a nickname of the penguin, and the Riddler is just a guy in it who's just he's called just an Riddler. Incel. He's just an <laughs> incel, yeah. But then you have this this actual like you know the Joker. He's just like a combo character, which I feel like isn't. the I vibe. know. I agree. You know, I, I think know. I think he is too extreme in the in the horror aspect of him. Mm. But, yeah. but we'll see what happens though. We'll see how it goes. They plenty know? of time. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. It wasn't a great look at him anyway. Pretty just the makeup and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see him like fully clothed. Maybe he has if he has like lipstick on and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, he f- gives himself lips because he doesn't have any lips, but like he gives mm. up and he has like the white face and stuff like that. Yeah. See, I couldn't see him in like a suit or anything either. Yeah, what the fuck does he wear? Yeah, what would he wear? No idea. <laughs> I couldn't picture him in anything. Yeah, I can't picture him wearing clothes. <laughs> I can only picture him wearing like the maybe that's what they do with him is just keep him in the uniform and he is just a side character. Mm, yeah. Just like mysterious side character. Yeah. Anyway, move on to listener questions because we've got a few listener questions. Let's do it. If you want to ask us a question, you can hit us up on Instagram or on Twitter at paro underscore pod or don't hit the mic or you can hit us up via email theparopod at gmail.com our first question is coming in from Patrick and Patrick is asking us in honour of Will Smith if you got one free slap on any celebrity who would it be? 
Oh, on any celebrity. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was always reading that as from any celebrity. Um, on any celebrity. Oh, Pierce Morgan. Piers Morgan, yeah. Is he a celebrity, though? He's a celebrity. He's a, yeah, he's, he's a, a public celebrity. figure. Yeah, it definitely is, yeah. Um, yeah, Piers Morgan. That's something like that, yeah. Like, I wouldn't... Because, like, we were having a similar conversation in our group chat, and I was saying, like, there's a difference between a punch and a slap. Mm, a, a slap, slap, a slap is, is more... Disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, you're holding back. But you just... You just you, you're not arsed. yeah. You're just like you're not even worth it. Like, I'm, I'm not. Slap like, I'm not gonna. Like this is only gonna shock you. Mm. I'm not gonna cause damage with this. <laughs> this is just for show. You wouldn't yeah. slap someone in a one-on-one situation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Slap a celebrity. Um, Will Smith. I can't even think. <laughs> yeah, Will Smith. Give him a uh, yeah. Taste his own medicine. Um, I don't know. Uh, Jerry Leto. <laughs> I, feel like, yeah. I feel like he needs it but he would attack me he, he would jump on you. he would start eating me alive yeah. on stage if I did that yeah um, Jared Leto is a good shout though I Jared think. Leto is a good shout he show. needs to be slapped he, he needs to be needs. brought down a peg yeah he does he's a cunt <laughs> he's, he's a fucking cunt. psychopath when Morbius is out in like two weeks time that film is gonna bomb that is going to sink like a stone it has been absolutely savage as well yeah. no one likes it it's, yeah, yeah. It's is it out? Is it? Well, the reviews are already out. Oh anyway. fucking hell! So you can we, we tell. All, we, we all, all knew. That. We, we all, all knew. We we did call that first, though. I'm just gonna say mm. we called that. And all right, then we got James's question. And James sent in a big old, a big old question. Um, he's asking us do 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 do. Um, on the podcast a few weeks ago, you guys mentioned that Joaquin Phoenix's Joker was based off De Niro's character in Taxi Driver. Well, do you no, do you think now that a movie similar to Taxi Driver could be pulled off, but without the protagonist donning a mask or being a superhero slash villain in some respect? Feel like we're in a stage of movie production similar to the spaghetti westerns of the fifties, where our cinema culture is superhero slash villain dominated. I think that's a great point. That's a great point. And it's a good question as well. Uh, I personally think no, that could not happen. Yeah, like a film like Taxi Driver? Nah. No way. Like any, like Rage and Bull. I don't know, I haven't seen Power of the Dog, but apparently Power of the Dog is about toxic masculinity, so. Is it? Yeah. Maybe yeah. we'll have to check that out, but. Um, yeah, some of that was, it's like a Rage and Bull kind of thing. Yeah, I just don't think, like any of these downtrodden, like character-focused films, it's just like, yeah, we could do that, and then we could just, you can just turn him into a superhero. <laughs> yeah, but what if he had a cape and mask, you know? What if he was already attached to an intellectual property which mm. had a legions of fans? And we can make toys, and we can make... We can make so much money. We can make so much money. Uh, ra- rather than it just being, like, Travis Bickle, who's very unmarketable. Yeah, Why not yeah. make him Batman? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Travis Bickle action figures. They definitely exist, but... They definitely exist, but for the wrong reason. Yeah. I do think, yeah... Um, yeah, that's what that's what Scorsese came out of, though. You know, he had the he had the 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 cred to go for something like that. You wouldn't have that. Do you? Like, who would be in Scorsese's position? Anyone who would possibly end up be in that position would already be signed up and locked in to like one of the big studios, mm. and they would be like, uh, "Yeah, you can make that if you make uh, three Captain America sequels first. I mean, you know, even to James's point about like cinema production stuff like that, we are getting to a similar stage. Of the 50s and 60s, where it's just a few... Like, we are 100% at that. Like, we're mm. going back to the studio system. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like Amazon buying MGM and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. we're on the way back to the studio system. We're like they're just gonna pump out similar films because they have all the assets there. Mm. Pump out shit. Yeah, just pump it out. Just content. Mm, pump some, out content. Yeah, something that you know snags. And, and then it's it like, ah, oh, here, we need to dissolve these companies. Yeah, it all falls down, yeah. Because that's what happened with the Westerns, isn't it, more or less? Yeah, wasn't it? Well, the yeah. Paramount thing, decree, wasn't that, like, early 50s? Or was that late 50s? There was early 50s. Mm. Yeah, but there's still Westerns in the 40s and 50s. Ah, yeah, yeah. But you had, yeah, it was way more uh, distributed anyway. Yeah. You had a big more, dist- you had a much better distribution. Yeah, I, c- I couldn't see something like Taxi Driver. Like, what would be a comparable film? Like, yeah, they literally had to remake Taxi Driver as a comic book movie. Yeah. And then... And King of Comedy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Fucking hell. There's nothing nothing really comparable. You need something... But, like, was Taxi Driver and stuff like that very successful back in the day? I suppose it was because, I mean, there was nothing else to be doing except going to the cinema, so... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Raging Bull wasn't liked. Wasn't it? Apparently not, no. Wild. That's so weird. People kind of misinterpreted it. Yeah. Like I did for the first half. <laughs> I was like, am I supposed to sympathize <laughs> with this guy? <laughs> he's so bad. He's so I evil. hate this fucking Yeah, nigga. he's not a nice guy. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, is there anything comparable? Maybe not from America, but from, like... I think that is kind of the reason why international films are becoming more popular. Because there's something fucking different from the American films. Yeah, they have a different system going on, yeah. Yeah, that's where the salvation is. To the east. <laughs> Go east. Yeah, forget the west. The west is dead. Yeah, <laughs> Move come on. east. China, China. Come out. Come Korea, out. you got some bangers of Korean films. Yeah, China, Korea. One of them will come out with a, a decent taxi driver kind of thing, you know? Yeah. It's called Squid Game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Squid Game. It's on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but hopefully. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure that something will come out eventually. It'll have to change at some point. Yeah. I mean, we are stuck in the rut, but... Yeah, fuck. The Western died, so the superhero film will also die. Please. Please. <laughs> Speed it up. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can get, like... Then we can get, like, the the assassination of Jesse James version of a superhero film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, wow, this is the best fucking film ever made. Oh, they already made that, man. Watchmen. <laughs> Watchmen. <laughs> Look it up. It's a great film. Watchmen actually is good. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great film. It's like fucking four hours long. It's a great film. <laughs> well, we leave it there. We'll leave it there for this week. Uh, my recommended film for episode eighty-four is going to be a French film Ooh. because I feel like our last few picks have been kind of film broy. Let's be real here. Oh yeah. Network her rageable. I think I'm going to title this episode like something revolving around film bros because we talked about many film bro films in Toxic. this episode. I have a wholesome masculinity. Wholesome okay. masculinity. That's what we got to review the Jackass franchise if we're doing that. Yeah. Um, my film is going to be Revenge. Revenge. That doesn't sound very. This is a rape revenge film, <laughs> but with a feminist take. <laughs> but with a feminist take. <laughs> All right. So. Content warning for two for two weeks time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. It's gonna be good. It's meant to be a very good film, so Revenge. Revenge. Talk to you. See ya.